Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. <laughs> Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my man who's got puffy lips. Frank, how are you today? Hey, hey, I'm a little bit buzzed. How are you? I'm also a little bit buzzed, so we're doing just fine. Yeah, just fine. Frank, it's a very important day in the history of Beer with Geeks and our friendship. Do you know what day it is? What day is it? It's hump day, Frank. Hey! Actually, it's hump day. It is Wednesday. That is true. But it is also our six-year anniversary? Five-year Five. anniversary. Five-year Five anniversary. Hold your horses. Let's not get ahead of ourselves Okay, here. sorry. Hold sorry. your camels. Let's yeah. not get ahead of ourselves okay, here. Okay, good. With the humps. Whoa there, girl. Five okay. years. Five. We have been casting these pods for five solid years. Years. Almost nonstop, Frank. I would like to point out that there is a, like an extreme... Like there's almost never a break in the amount of episodes that we have, even if we bulk them up, you know, like we record two or three at a time. There's almost never a week without a new beer with geeks. That is true. It's very rare that we do a rerun that we have a we have any kind of gap in service. Um, yeah, and it all started. It all started because. You were going to China, and before you left for your trip to China, you were like, let's just, hey, let's start a podcast. Oh, my God. That's so true. Frank, I have a connection from today that makes this event even better. So today, I went to a museum near, right. near your home. That's correct. And in that museum, they have a a house that was lived in by eight generations of a Chinese family. And that that uh, that family made a uh, bargain, a bargain, a commitment, a contract with this museum that their house would be rebuilt and replicated inside the museum. It's a permanent exhibit. So I went, quote unquote, went to China today and came back. And now we're recording that our is anniversary true. episode. Wow. How perfect is that? That is so true. Wow. That, that was not planned at all. I'm so happy that that happened. That is so perfect and meaningful. But yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, you were going to China, and you were like, "Hey, when I come back, let's start a podcast. Let's let's start thinking of of, of uh, episode topics. And then when I come back, we can we can start planning it. And we did that, and that was five years ago. And that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I had just moved to Boston, and and just like a few months earlier. And yeah, God, so much has transpired in that time. We've we, both gotten married both since got then. Married since then. We both moved since then. Yep, <laughs> more than once. Uh, yeah crazy wow that is crazy yeah more than more than once yeah man wow what a that you know maybe we should do a patreon episode where we actually talk about our personal lives and be like all the things that happened i'd be down to do that i would yeah to sort of like trace the last five years of like what we've done in the last five years maybe we'll do that for patreon listeners but uh wow yeah well we're we're um well we're not drinking beer tonight 
No, we are not. This is a special occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are together in person. That's right. Uh, and uh, this is a special occasion, so we are not drinking beer. We we have, to celebrate, we've taken it up a notch, and we are drinking our favorite spirits. Mm-hmm. That's right. I am drinking I am drinking gin, my yes. personal favorite spirit. I know many of you think it tastes like gasoline. It doesn't. It's Shut delicious. Up. I am drinking the original Dover Straight Gin. Uh, it is a premium American gin, and it is quite de- it is quite quite delicious. I won't say that it's the best gin that I've ever had. I will be um, I will be honest. You got me uh, you got me a gin for my bachelor party that I think might actually be the best gin I've ever tasted. Really, straight path gin? Oh, straight path gin! It's so good. It's very good. I will I won't I won't disagree with that. It's like the difference between going to a Christmas tree farm and then chopping down a pine tree in the forest on your own. Oh, okay, 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 okay. All right, I gotcha. I gotcha. That well, makes that only makes sense for gin drinkers because many people say it tastes like pine. If you're, it tastes like Christmas tree. It tastes like Christmas. It tree. does. What are you drinking over I there? I am drinking Jim Beam Kentucky Straight Bourbon, mm. and that is my spirit of choice. So in the in the realm of uh, whiskey, Scotch, and bourbon, bourbon's your go to. You know, I have uh, I. I have vacillated on this a bit. I really enjoy that is such a good word. Vacillated. Thank, Thank you. You're wow. an English teacher. I that means a lot coming from you. Yeah. Um. I I have uh gone back and forth. I vacillated because there was a time when I thought I was a Scotch drinker, and I I, I still enjoy a very good Scotch. We had a deli- We had an amazing Lagavulin Scotch at my bachelor party at my mm-hmm. uh, the night before my wedding. I remember. Right. It was excellent. That was fantastic. I like that was like top shelf stuff. Great. Um, but uh, I I had come around on bourbon lately. Bourbon has been part of my, my whiskey of choice. So I've always been in the whiskey camp. Right. And there's like a there's like a spectrum of whiskey where you go from the bourbon to the to the uh, um, the scotch. And that, that I, I have gone back and forth on what's my favorite. Currently, I'm in a bourbon mood lately. I've been going through a big bourbon phase. What so. is, now, for those who are, because we talk about beer mostly on this show, what What's the big difference between a scotch and a bourbon? Well, the big thing about bourbon is that for bourbon to be to, to be called a bourbon, it needs to be distilled in the United States. It needs to be at least 50% corn. Uh, really? It, yes. Yes. Really? Yep. It needs to be at least 50% corn. I'm learning so much. Okay, there you here you go. So yes, that's that's the, that's sort of the main the main thing. It has to be Now, now people often will make the mistake of thinking, "Oh, I thought it needed to be Distilled in Kentucky. No, Kentucky wants you to think that, hmm. uh, but no, it is. It is needs to be distilled in the United States. So, so similar to sort of a champagne thing, where it's only champagne if it's from the Champagne region of France. Bourbon is only bourbon if it is distilled in the United States, and and if it is also fifty percent, at least fifty percent corn. So that's those are the the criteria. Um, uh, uh, sorry, fifty one percent corn. Uh, uh, so, so that that's the that's the story of, of of bourbon. So that's what makes bourbon bourbon, and it needs to be in a charred oak barrel, aged in a charred oak barrel. So you can find this might be a surprise to you too. Maybe you know this. You can find clear whiskey. I actually did not know that. You can, there is clear whiskey because if it is not what what gives whiskey or bourbon or sco- or scotch mm-hmm. its its golden color is the charred oak barrels that it's aged in the char from the wood seeps into the whisk into the the liquid and gives it that brownish golden tech uh, color 
Wow, I love that. But you can when 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 whiskey is is distilled and and poured straight or 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 is aged in say a steel cask mm-hmm. instead of in uh, oak barrel, it will be clear. Wow, there is a there is a distillery here in Massachusetts called Bully Boy that sells a clear whiskey that is delicious, but it's not bourbon because it's not it's not in an oak barrel. Sure. So. Um, so yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's what I know about huh, bourbon. That's so lately, cool. I've been on a bourbon kick uh, when it comes to my whiskeys, and uh, right now, Jim Beam is doing the trick for me, and I'm enjoying it quite a bit. So we are uh, we have both had a little bit to drink already tonight, and uh, we are going to we both have the yes, thank you for the lasers, and we both have the uh, the bottles uh, next to us. I'll probably put a photo in the show notes or maybe even on the cover art of us with our bottles of spirits so we've had a bit to drink and we're going to keep drinking as we go through so this is our five-year anniversary that's right and speaking of anniversaries this year the year of our lord 2019 <laughs> i wish we still wrote things like that the we year really of should. our lord it's so great the year of our lord 2019 is the 30th anniversary of not only my birth but one of the greatest superhero films of all time, and that is Batman. Batman 89, the Michael Keaton original. It has turned 30 this year, and to celebrate it, yeah, you're looking at the runtime, you're like, why is there a two-hour beer with geeks? Well, my friends, the commentaries are back. Commentary! By popular demand slash nobody asked for them, the commentaries are bad. Slash it's our back. anniversary and we damn well felt like it. And it's, it's the 30th anniversary of Batman. It's our five-year anniversary of Beer with Geeks. And this is one of my all-time favorite films. And so not just because it's a Batman film, but because it's a Tim Burton film. And it is so beautiful. It's such a good movie. I, and the best part about these commentaries is that we watch them without the sound. And so we're really going to experience the treat that is Batman 89 just as a visual spectacle. That's right. Even though I could recite this movie like verbatim. Uh, but Frank, before, without further ado, there's actually like a large opening credit sequence to this film. So yes. why don't we get started? Yes. We can talk, we over, can talk that. over that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So so we're watching it off of Amazon Prime, uh, but it's the same copy that is available digitally anywhere in, here in 2019. Anywhere you can you can get it digitally you're watching the same version with us. It's on DC Universe. It's on a bunch of different services to buy, to rent, whatever. So Potentially so, on the HBO Max service that just got announced? Maybe. Yeah, maybe, probably. They said that DC Entertainment was going to be part of it. So there you go. I mean, it's all under Warner Brothers' umbrella, so um, so that might be. So it's the same version. I mean, it shouldn't have changed much. It's not like Star Wars with those different cuts and stuff. So it should be the same version of basically however you're watching it. We are going to do the typical, you know, 3, 2, 1, hit play type of thing. Um, I'm queuing it up, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pause it at zero. So we are at zero right now. Actually, before we get started, I'm just gonna turn on the closed captions real quick. There we go. They're on. Uh, just so we for our benefit. So I am at zero, and I'm gonna count down three, two, one, and then hit play. So three, two, one, play. All right. So if you're trying to watch along, that's the cue. If you're just listening along, God bless you. All right. So three, two, one, play. One, two. All right, we are off and running. We got the Warner Brothers logo. And Tim with the helpful music that's faded away. So, do you remember the first time you saw this movie? 
I actually don't remember the first time I saw this. I was a, I was a small child. I was alive, but certainly not old. Oh, enough. so you were alive when you saw it? I was alive when I saw wow, it. Wow, not everyone can say that. I know, and I was not old enough to see it in theaters. I was old enough to see Batman Returns in theaters, but I wasn't allowed to. My aunt saw it, and she said it was too violent oh. for the likes of for the likes of small children. Into which, as an adult, I like. An adult in their thirties, I would agree. I would like, second that. Yeah. The main plot of that film was about the penguin murdering babies. So yeah, yeah, not cool. Y- yes, I understand that it was, but I mean, as a as like a five or six year old, I, I probably wouldn't have gotten it. Yeah. So I wish it was about Batman being on screen, but I watched this uh, tons. We used to rent it. Used to rent it on um, on tape at Blockbuster and whatever else over and over and over again. And so actually watching it without the opening without the opening commercials is very strange ah, for me. You yes, know, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Because you know, there, there was the Diet Coke commercial where Alfred, played by Michael Goff, was like... <gasps> I have was seen like, that commercial. Oh, must away, and he's on his way, and it was just cut... It would just cut to scenes of the Batmobile driving, which were taken right from the film, and they were like, oh, he's on his way, blah, 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 and then the Coke can had a little cape at the end of it that flapped yes, in the wind. That I went. have seen that commercial on YouTube. Yeah. I admittedly don't... So, so uh, I was... Oh, 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 by the way, this is worth saying. Uh, uh, be, as as is the usual with our commentaries, uh, unlimited lookups. Um, oh yeah, I guess that is the rule. I guess we never really established it, but it is unlimited. Lookups. Yeah, we don't we don't stick to one lookup because that's that's BS for these things. Uh, but when this movie came out, let's see, it came out uh, in June June, June of nineteen eighty nine. So I do you was, remember the date of June nineteen eighty nine? Well, no not reason, remember, but uh, because it is June right June nineteenth nineteen eighty nine. No, it's July. Although, oh, it's July. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. sorry. Uh, no, it's totally August. It's totally August. Because look at the calendar. Tim, totally, it's August. But it is July. It's July. There's that uh, bad symbol. Oh, uh, yeah. June 19th, 1989. Oh, June 23rd in the United States. Uh, it was June 19th in California. On, one second. We're just going to... Here we go. We're going to do a snare. Here we go. Ah, ah. That, that is the most beautiful shot of Gotham I've ever seen. It's beautiful. What a beautiful matte painting that is. My cat, Bruce, is sitting here. I named him after Batman. Yep, that's right. He's I, a black cat. I took a picture of it. Yep. Yep, he's hanging here next to us. So this is all a set, Frank, but it's one of the largest sets ever built for a, a film at this time. And that includes things like the Ten Commandments and Cleopatra and really, really, really... That's saying a lot for, you know, the, considering like the golden age of Hollywood really did have so many epic scale sets. Actually, well, Frank, that's a common misconception. The golden age of Hollywood actually ended in 1945. Golden age of Hollywood is from 1929 <sighs> to 1945. God. You see, Frank, I have... I'm, <laughs> see, Frank. The host of Academy Rewind I, see, over I here. Have a master's, I have a master's in film studies, so I'm gonna... Let, but anyway, um, the... For God's sake, Harold. They, yeah, For so, God's sake, Timothy. Sorry, so... <laughs> So, but they actually had to, they shot this in London and they had to, um, they had to extend, they built onto the theater. Can I ask a question? Just to fit the film, yes. Did they shoot this at uh, Elstree slash Pinewood? Yeah, Pinewood, yeah. This is a Pinewood film. I know. And I like that the film makes you think that this is Thomas and Martha Wayne with their son, Bruce. It's a great misdirect. It is a really great misdirect because- Tim Burton. Yeah, Tim Burton's a master. And this is only like his third or fourth film. It's um, Pee-Wee's and Beetlejuice and then God, I forget about Pee-Wee. Yeah, Pee-Wee was his first big one. Oh, man, I forget about Pee-Wee. Yeah. Being his, I mean, not. I don't forget about Pee-Wee as a person. Yeah, but it's his, yeah. But I forget that it's Tim Burton, yeah, as they pour my second bourbon. Yeah, right. Well, second that you guys know of. Exactly. Man, he went down 
like crazy. He just gets hit in the back of the. He's not even hit in the neck. It's hit in the shoulder. Oh yeah, no, that was not fun. Yeah, no, that's gotta hurt. But yeah, still, oh, that's gotta hurt. It's, it's, yeah, man. But this is this is some nice um, rotoscoping up here because it it's just a matte shot. It's a beautiful, beautiful. Oh, and there it goes. And they and they oh, they, they rotoscoped the crap out of and this they movie. Did a good shot. And it kind of holds up too. Like you can kind of see the matte lines, but yeah, it still holds up. But mostly, I think that's the beauty of this film is that because it is set driven and um and mostly practical effects most of it does kind of hold up yeah. the action is still pretty good because the, you don't see any like oh no that's obviously a cg figure because this is before Jurassic Park this is 1989 so we're and it and it's a, a film that ages well because it sits in this weird world of fedoras and flash bulbs and but also like blocky square cars from the 80s yeah it kind of it's sort of a period piece like it kind of looks like it's out of the 40s yeah. which i'm sure is intentional it was all over the pavement right yeah yeah, yeah look at him come and down. a little bit of a dutch angle just a little bit just a slight dutch it's angle just yeah. like a 15 degree angle a 15 degree dutch angle he's slightly dutch yeah, <laughs> yeah. Slightly so I think dark. I cut you off like five minutes ago. What were you saying? Do you think I remember five minutes ago? No, I've been I'm, drinking enough bourbon. I don't remember what we having five minutes ago. Come on, point. let's like, give me a lot of credit though. That's I very like kind this of you. guy's little like bone earring, his little talent earring. Oh, oh the wingspan on that man! It's oh. great. He's got handles on his cape. If you notice. is that what it is? He's got, okay, yeah, he's got yeah. handles and it's wireframe. And I like this like fake out where it's like he falls down and you're like, oh no. I remember watching this film with a couple of students because I used this scene uh, for uh, now I can't remember. Oh, because I was teaching a, a comic book class. So we were going over superhero cinema. And so I used this scene and watched the whole film. But they wa- they were laughed at when he they laughed at when he got shot and fell. But by the end of the scene, they were like, wow, that was so good. And it's exactly the emotion you should be feeling. Yes. Yeah, like, oh, my God, he's down already, but oh, no. And he's wearing Nikes. He's wearing Nikes. I'm not going to kill you. Yeah, I want you to tell your friends about me. This is a... I'm Batman. It's such a great... Oh, I'm Batman. Like, it's such a great opening to the film, you know? Yeah, original script had him say, I am the knight, but that doesn't establish what his name is, and so they switched to I am Batman, Batman, which is... Weirdly dumb, but also incredibly iconic at the same time. It's way way better. better. It's way, 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 way better. Oh, man. Really wasted uh, Billy Dee Williams as Harvey Dent. I mean, if he had gotten the chance to be two... Imagine him as Two-Face. Imagine him as Two-Face. I am so... That is one of the, like, the biggest disappointments I have about this franchise. Because I consider, you know, from here all the way through to the end with Batman... Batman and Robin. and Robin. No, it's it's one continuing story. It's, it's one, one franchise. Yeah, I agree. And Batman Forever is supposed to be kind of a soft reboot, but to me, it's all the same. It's universe. still, you know, Val Kilmer. It's still, it's still the same. I know he's different, but it's still the same <laughs> Batman. Mayor Borg. <laughs> it is true, child. Who it is this? Is oh, <laughs> is a Dutch angle again? Fifteen degree Dutch angle, just slightly Dutch. Mm, it's slightly Dutch. That's crazy. It is crazy. Now, he, so you want to talk waste though? Billy D. Williams is Harvey Dent. He's good in this film, but I would have loved to have seen Two Face. But they went in a different direction. Even though Billy D. Williams got bought out of his contract, is that what not, happened? Yeah, he, to not play Two Face. Um, That's a shame. It is a shame. But then Pat Hingle as Commissioner Gordon, like also also a shame of not really not really utilizing your 
the actors that are there, but like they didn't care about the relationship between Gordon and Batman at this point. Commissioner Gordon was just kind of there. Do you think that's because Tim Burton was trying to like distance himself from Batman 66 as much as he could and sort of tonally as well as storytelling? I think so, but I think that there's also like a how many characters can you serve at one time kind of of thing. And so if like he was also really trying to serve Jack Nicholson as Jack Napier and the Joker in this film. And so somebody's got to be cut somewhere along the line. So if you go back and you think like, oh, well, they did it in Batman Begins, but the Scarecrow and Rachel Ghoul are not serviced in that film. Not like not like Joker is in this movie. No, no. The screen time that Jack Nicholson has in this movie might be more than Michael Keaton has. And uh, yeah, it might yes, actually it might be. I, I bet there's someone out there who's done that calculation. Mm-hmm. And like it's Jack Nicholson. Like of course, right? Like of course. Also, we're watching this movie in 4K and it is beautiful oh in God. 4K. The texture on the wall behind them is I'd a- never really paid attention to that. Like I've never I'm I'm enjoying this movie cinematically more than I ever how, have. Look how dusty the like siren is. Like how dirty and grimy everything is in Gotham. It is just gross. Uh, oh, look, it's Porkins. It's Porkins. Detective Porkins, excuse he's, me. He's also the FBI agent in Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, I feel like we should be smoking cigars right now. Oh, man, but is that because uh, Porkins, I mean, Eckhart yes. is uh, smoking a cigar? It is. You know, it's, I, wa- I know he's Eckhart, but I want him to be Harvey Bullock. Because he's, oh, ba- sure. he's basically Harvey Bullock. That's like, this is the character. He's a, cor- he's a, Harvey Bullock is a corrupt cop who smokes cigars and wears a fedora and a trench coat. And this is like, this is him right here on screen in front of us. It's Harvey Bullock, but he's Lieutenant Eckhart here. Right. Yeah, and I think at this point Harvey Bullock was in the comics. I think he's an '80s edition, but okay. it doesn't matter. I love Alexander Knox. Like he's a made-up character, but I love him. They say he can't be killed. They say he drinks blood. Uh, I just think that he is just so he is so fun. Mm, he is a fun character. And why would you throw half a cigar at him? That's not, hey, that's a waste of a good cigar. Or a, a cigar. I don't know if it's a good cigar. I can't. A I can't cigar. Yeah. A cigar. Is he? What's he pulling down after taxes? He's, oh, you know what they're close to? They're right next, because this is all a set and everything like that, they're right next to the museum. That's funny because I recognize the ventilators on the outside. The point, I have seen this movie way too many times. Oh, but this is one of my favorite scenes in the film, this this uh, confrontation between Napier and Eckhart. It, it, not really for any particular reason that it adds so much to the film. I just There's something about a bag of money and the way that they talk to one another. Shut up and listen. <laughs> Harvey Dent's been sniffing around one of our front companies. You know, it's just, it's very... 19 it's very 1940s noir um like the you know the the racket i was gonna say is from the 20s so that's not that's not a great example like a little maltese falcon or something like that yeah yeah and george cacor maltese falcon i think george cacor that sounds right well unlimited lookups unlimited lookups hey you know what yeah you look that up you know what i have a humidor and I have a couple cigars. And in, in the spirit of Porkins and in the spirit of 30 years of Batman 89, uh, once you're done looking up if it's George Cukor who directed The Maltese Falcon, uh, I may I may go grab us a, a cigar or two. 
I am 100% on board okay. for that idea, and the Maltese Falcon was directed by John Houston. John Houston. John Houston you know of the informant and stagecoach and Moby Dick fame. Moby Dick. And many oh. other things. Did you know that Ray Bradbury wrote the script to Moby Dick? Are you kidding me? I know. I know. It was his first movie script. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. I know. That's hey, you entertain bad. the people and you talk about what's happening here while I get us some cigars. The businesses will come back here. A lot of people might stay away, man. They're scared. Did you know that Pat Hingle played Benjamin Franklin in the 1776 revival cast with Brent Spiner? I love that. As John Adams. I know. It's great. It's great. Ah, Alexander Knox, everyone's making fun of him because he believes in a Batman, and no one does. What a crazy guy. What He's a crazy living guy. And what's fun here, if Knox I got something for you, is signed by Bob Kane in the Bob Kane signature style. You know, the bat with the, you know, the bat with the uh, fangs and all that. What a dip. Whatever. When I was a kid, Hello Legs never understood that line. Now I watch it. And I'm thinking, wow, Alexander Knox, this is such an 80s movie in some ways because you're just overtly sexualizing somebody that you're going to need. Like, oh, if you want me to pose nude, you're going to need a long lens. Hilarious that he makes fun of himself, but also Coral Maltese and Time Magazine, great reference to The Dark Knight Returns, a movie that Tim Burton wanted to make. And they were like, mm, how about you make uh, how about you make a Batman origin movie instead? Which works just fine. In its own way. Kim Basinger was a pinch hint for this movie, too, because it was supposed to be Sean... Oh, goodness, now. Sean somebody needs somebody to love. And that's... Uh, let me see. She was in Ace Ventura. That's where I'm going. Sean Young. But she fell off a horse. Oh, Sean there was Young from Blade to... Runner. Yeah, there was... Yeah, Blade Runner. Well, I'm glad I went with Ace Ventura. But yes, Blade Runner. Her more arguably more famous part. Also, Ray Finkel is a man, just so you know. Um, so, um, Sean Young, there was supposed to be a horseback riding scene with Bruce Wayne and, and, uh, Vicki Vale, but she fell off her horse in practice. And so she had to be replaced with Kim Basinger, which was one of her first roles, which is crazy. Oscar winning actress, Kim Basinger for LA Confidential. And then we get Carl Grissom, uh, and what a great aerial shot that was of that miniature. It was just riding up the building and it's great. It's so good. Um, I love that Jack Napier in the scene is wearing a purple is wearing a purple suit like purple. Like, yes, it's not it's not a it's not a look that he adopted from. It's not a look that he adopted for the Joker. It's something that he just wore because 19. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's wearing a purple suit right now. He's not the Joker yet. Look at him. Uh, you can even see the orange piping in it because. Of the 4K-ness of this, of this look. Ah, it's so good. I'm lighting up my cigar. I will, I will talk. Ah, oh, Jack Palance, a treasure of American film, really. But this is the first movie I ever saw Jack Palance in. You know, City Slickers I didn't see until much later. Come to think of it, it probably was my first two. Yeah, but Jack, you are my number one guy. That's something that I love to say to people, even though nobody knows what it's from, because it's a, I, arguably an obscure reference. I mean, Batman 89 was a very popular film in its day, like extremely popular film in its day. But even, you know, it's not it's not what it was. 
you know, with the younger generations. And so, sure, but it was, it, I mean, it was, it was mega, mega hyper popular right. in 1989. I need someone I can trust. You, I'm, I'm a number one guy. We're so um, good at our jobs. I know we're so good. I know. Hey, Don't light up, forget. light up, enjoy, celebrate here. You're lucky dick. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm busy watching. Jack Palance, but I was waiting for you to light up because you got to talk while I light. So yes. you take well, over. I'm lit. So let's get lit. Uh, yeah, no, this is. Uh, yeah, I, I often. So I was born in '89, as I alluded to earlier, and so it's easy for me to overlook the not the cultural significance, but the cultural phenomenon that was Batman '89, right? Because this is the year that I was born, and I, I can. It's easy for me to just sort of not realize. Just how much of an impact this had on the culture, but this was the this was the blockbuster of the year. This was the Avengers Endgame of the year, if you will. It was the number one guy. It was the number one movie oh, at the box good. office. I mean, it made a ton of money. Ton, ton of, money. of money. Dude, you look like a badass smoking that cigar. I'm not gonna lie. Do I? You do. You do. You got the gin in one hand, the cigar in the other. You look good. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank no, you. it's a good look. It's a good look. And cheers, cheers to you, buddy. Ooh. Cheers, cheers. Holding up my my glass and cheers my cigar to, to you. Cheers to you. Cheers to five years. Uh, as these guys are in this casino. Uh, I mean, being of the age that whenever I smoke a cigar, I think I want to be like Wesley. Find out about that <laughs> Matt Murdock, <laughs> Wesley. <laughs> It's my 2004 Daredevil reference for everybody today. There you go. You, you, I didn't see us going there, but, but you made it. You made the reference. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I. But yes, it is easy for me to sort of casually overlook the cultural significance this movie had within that year. Absolutely right, because it is. It is a. It was a super important, super significant film. At the time, and 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 still is, but really, like throughout that year, it was like it was bat mania. Everything was bat. People were shaving bat symbols into their hair, like when they got a haircut. Literally, bat mania. I actually saw a guy who had the bat symbol shaved into his head uh, a, a couple weeks ago. Really? Yeah, for real, for real. Wow, I love that Alfred's just like picking up Bruce's crap. I know because well, that's what Alfred does. That's what he does, picking up the pen, like Bruce just stab, puts it in a plant. Like what an idiot! I like. Keaton's like slightly spacey Bruce Wayne. It's it's like his um I don't know. Because Michael Keaton was like the original fan upset, right? Like, oh my god, how dare you make this comedian, you know, Mr. Mom Bat uh, Batman, you know, this going bald, wiry haired, thirty something actor Batman. And but his Michael Keaton's greatest talent is making us believe that he could actually beat us up and be Batman. And that is that's what makes him such a tremendously good actor. I mean, he is a tremendously good actor, which makes us believe that. But, you know, he gives us this real spacey Bruce Wayne and this hard thinking like Batcave Bruce Wayne, I guess, because, you know, there are, you know, I think Christian Bale separate them a little bit better. The party Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne versus the real Bruce Wayne and then Batman. But I think that Keaton really gets there with the script that he's given. He he gives us the intellectual Bruce Wayne when it's necessary. But he's he's this real spacey. He's this real spacey guy um, when he is not when he's not in the Batcave. And it really, really works for him. I get that. There's also the scene with Knox and Kim Basinger. Vicky Vale, 
when they they go through this armor room and it gives us this Bruce Wayne is a man of the world and he did travel and he did work with gurus and martial artists and all this different stuff. It makes to it believable Batman, but it never directly references that, which I think is which is pretty cool that like it like for comic fans, you're like, yeah, this guy is a man of war. It says a lot about him. he's a worldly man. Mm. He's a worldly man, but he also but see, but he also collects armor. Right. And so but what does Batman wear in this film? But armor. He wears the modern he wears the modern version of what we're looking at in this room right now. Absolutely. He is literally a dark knight. These are all like these are samurai and knights and all of this different stuff. And he is that to Gotham. And we see that in this room. And that's like for Anton. For I mean, Anton first is the uh, the writer, uh, the um, production designer on. Yes. One of the great production designers in cinema history. Indeed. Yeah. And this was the second to last film. The Awakening was his his last one, and he died pretty tragically right after that. But, you know, he just just understood how to capture your eye. He really did. Some of this stuff. But, I mean, but, like, all these different, like, armors of the ages, like, tell you so much about Bruce Wayne without telling with the film without the film really telling you which is really nice about films that you don't really get in 2019 it's you know? a show don't tell scenario yeah right? and we don't get a lot of show don't tell anymore it's a lot of tell and tell yes that's right that's right and that's one thing that i, I must say tim tim burton is very very good at is showing not telling and and, and sometimes he does both but but he's very good at the showing piece and he, he has a really good eye for the visuals the visuals that will get the point across and that will you know, help you to, to, to see what it is that he's trying to communicate. Right. And I think, well, I mean, especially in a comic book medium, I mean, showing is everything. Telling is some of it, but. Exactly. Yeah. A, a good comic book, right? Like, like, cause there's, you know, a, a lot of, there's, there's, there's good, very, very good comics will, will show and tell. That's um, right. In a, in a film medium though, I feel like it's, it's more important to, 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 te- to show than, than tell. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. This scene, two notes on this scene. One, I always thought because I didn't know what grants were when I was a kid, mm, so I always mm-hmm. thought it was give Knox a grand, like mm. not like Al- Alexander Knox just asked for a thousand dollars, but he got it anyway, which is pretty good. But just yeah, for more. But he asked for a grant, which is pretty good. But y- yes, yeah, six is good is one of my favorite yeah. lines from this film. When everyone's like, "Is six? Yeah, yeah, six is yeah, good." Six is and good. then you make that little face that Knox makes. Palmer, co-host of Academy Rewind, that is like our go-to quote when everybody says six. Yeah, yeah, six, yeah, six is, is good. good. And then you make the face. You make the reference a lot, I feel like. And I'm always like, wait, what's, what are we referencing? I forget. Yeah, well, I mean, this is an incredibly obscure reference. It, it, as far as Batman 89 references go, that's an obscure one, yes. Look at all the computer monitors. He's so cool. I like that Batman wears glasses in this universe. Does that make you feel very seen as a kid where you're like, Batman wears glasses? Cool! Honestly, I just thought he used them to focus. Mm. Like, he's got his focusing glasses on. He's focusing. He wears them when he's thinking. He's thinking. I the Kevin Smith has a great story about watching this movie, and he's like, Michael Keaton's Batman wears glasses, so I'm I don't need glasses, but I'm gonna wear fake glasses <laughs> to be like that. And he ruined his eyes by wearing fake glasses, oh so God, now he needs real glasses. Wait a second, did he tell that story during his during his Batman '89 commentary on Fat Man on Batman? I honestly don't remember where it came from, but that sounds viable. 
Because I know I listened, because he did a whole series of them, of, of Batman commentaries. Yes, he did. With Mark Bernardin, which then led to Mark Bernardin being the co-host of Fat Man on Batman, which became Bat- Fat Man Beyond. That's right. Yeah, which was your suggestion, I believe. I you know I don't want to say that it was my direct suggestion that led to them naming the podcast that, but I will say that I, as far as I can tell from searching Twitter, if you look for you know people tweeting at Kevin Smith saying you should name it Fat Man Beyond, I think I'm the first one who said that. So I don't know if I was the one that he saw, but I was the first one who said it. If you look, look it's on and Twitter. You know what? That's whatever the records will to, show. Whatever claim to fame that you need. Uh, well, my fame to claim is that I'm the co-host of <laughs> your fame to claim. <laughs> Frank's drunk. <laughs> yes. Well, I swear to drunk, I'm not God. <laughs> I love this chemical plant scene. This Axis chemical plant. Axis chemical. Hey, you, in the comics, it's Ace Chemicals. I don't know why they changed it. Axis maybe sounds better. I don't know. I don't know. You know, to me, it, I always think of Acme, like from the from the old like Looney Tunes and stuff, right? <laughs> me too. I th- for when I was a kid, I thought it was Acme for the longest. And time. this is a Warner Brothers movie, so like it all fits. But, uh, but yeah. Oh yeah, I'm man. not sure. I'm I'm not really sure. But I don't know. I became Axis, but I like it. I don't know. There's something about the scene. I just love the incredibly in like overly industrial it's almost like frankenstein's lab from, it is you know it's very old school monster movie look it's very like diabolical it's like it's like fleischer superman comic uh car- cartoons uh look to it it's a very like it's clearly supposed to be contemporary yet it you know it's like as in being 89 yeah but it, but it also looks like the 40s that's right because they're it's like dick tracy's showing up and then dick you know, tracy like, great but great pull yes yeah but then batman shows up i have that grappling gun by the way i have nice. a prop of that grappling gun oh and it's it doesn't fire but you know what that's okay that's all right yeah the way that guy yells i always thought that it was in his mouth <laughs> it was in 4k obviously can, it's on his shoulder but it's no you know. but but I, I i i remember the sound i can't hear it but i remember the sound you're talking about and I, can, I can understand why it's like that yeah yeah dude this looks beautiful in 4k so like this is my 4k tv that i only got like like less than a year ago and i have been in love with this tv since i got it and watching this movie in 4k if you're if if you're if you're not watching this movie right now first of all you should be watching it and if you're not watching it in 4K, I'm sorry because it looks beautiful in 4K. I know, you know, I don't have a 4K TV. Oh, really? Uh, and I know, surprise, my TV is like 10 years old. Your TV's big though, so I thought For, it was. It's a 44 inch, something okay. like that. Okay. So actually, the wall that it's on now, since I moved, can fit a 60 inch. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Oh, it's a great scene. It's like smack. Oh, oh. that pow right in the kisser. Pow right in the kisser. I, there's something about this scene where with Jack climbing up the stairs. Yep. And Batman being on a different level and like creeping up behind him. I just love this scene so much. It's, it's like it's exactly what I love about Batman. I think like like effort, effort, effortlessly, which is not an effortlessly word. Easy for you to say. Yeah. <laughs> Taking out guards and i think but like slowly creeping towards his destination yes and um, towards his destiny and i think lauren and i talked about this on our episode about costumes yep that police need to go back to wearing leather coats agreed up oh, and you can see the handles actually yes right there when he, fl- see, he flies yeah, down where yes, you can see yes, the yes, handles yes. on his cape oh and the revolver yeah if some of the toys actually some of the, like the the hot toys or whatever else they actually the cape that he co- actually come with the handles they don't pretend oh, that they're not there which is pretty cool, cool. Like, he actually has them on his suit. 
form and function. I love that. Uh, so so Jack Nicholson was 52 when he played this role, or, or when the movie came out. Here. Really? 52. That's... Well, when you think about it, right? Yeah, so I it's mean, that's 89, right. right? But... And, like, what, how many years earlier was... The Shining um, was nine years Shining. earlier. Nine nine years? Nine years. It was, it was 1980? Was 1980, yep. Oh, wow, he looked a lot older than never mind. I was going to say, like, yeah, you know. I thought I thought The Shining no, was, like, he, in the late 70s. No, nah, he's gained, uh, 1980, and he's gained a good chunk of weight since. Well, I meant more about how, how, how like, sort of, oh, yeah, 1980, you're right. How, like, sort of gray he's gotten, and, and, and I don't know, he just, you know what, all right. Well, Jack Nicholson really didn't want to play this role. This is really well documented, and I'm sure a lot of people yes. listening to this know this fact that Jack Nicholson was like, "Man, I'm not not incredibly interested." And they were like, "Okay, we're going to give it to Robin Williams." And Robin Williams was like, "Hell's yes, give it to me." Can you imagine what a Robin Williams Joker? How iconic a Robin Williams Joker could have been in 1989? I think he would have been spectacular. And I mean, I love Jack Nicholson in this film. It, oh, absolutely! It's iconic in its own way, and blah blah blah. Oh, it's it's absolutely iconic. Yes. Yeah, but um, but uh, but a Robin Williams would have been spectacular Whew. because his dramatic stuff was just as good as his comedic stuff. If Robin Williams had played the Joker in this film, can you? Well, I shouldn't talk over this because this is the origin of the Joker right here. Yeah, but no, you can talk over it. it's a. This is a commentary, Frank. It's but all like, about talking if over. he had, if he had, uh, throw the smoke bomb. Uh, yeah, yes, smoke bomb. yes, yes. It's just this so cool. Is, this is what I'm here for. This, look at that Who shot. Who is this guy? Look at that shot. Oh That's my god, so it's good. We're gonna geek out a lot, my friends. Oh my god, we've had a fair so bit of bourbon and gin. It's, it's gonna so happen. So good. I hope you're drinking and with then, us. And then the like two iconic shots back to back. Oh, with the access sign. And then, you know, that Axis shot is one of the most iconic shots for me. That's one of the shots that I think of when I think of this movie. Really? Yes. And then the hand, which is funny because when you're like submerged in a liquid and stuff like that, that's not how you come up. When you run out of breath in the pool, do you stick your hand out first? Absolutely. If you're Tim Burton, you do. That's true. In a Tim Burton universe, that's what you do. I almost swore really bad by with with what I just said because I've been drinking, but I didn't. You know what? If you do, you do. It's fine. It happens. Mm. That's what bleeping happen. is for. You know, a map of Gotham City. You don't really think about this, but somebody in a prop department had to make a map of Gotham. Like, what would Gotham look like? I wonder. I wonder if they based it on a real city and just like slapped the name Gotham over it, or if they like like plotted out a fake city. Maybe. I was watching a movie recently. Um, Alfred Hitchcock called Foreign Correspondent. Would recommend if nobody's ever seen it. Nineteen forty. Really great movie. Never seen it actually. Oh, re- would recommend. It's great. Was that an Oscar nom? Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, no. No, it was not, actually. I take that back. I was watching it for other So you're reasons. saying you're a liar. I'm a liar, indeed. Ah, oh, I love the scene. How's the soup? Soup. Oh, I love this scene. It's Excuse super. me? Uh, the soup. How is it? I just... There's something about the scene that encapsulates Bruce Wayne oh so very well. The long table, like the distance that he needs to keep between people. Yep. I guess they're eating onion soup. It's hard to tell. He's got to walk the salt down to her. <laughs> like Anakin and Padme. Oh, yeah. It's just without like, floating fruit. It's just like pears. It's just, it's like, just fl- like pears, it's but just not. like floating pears. Like, who wants to sit that far from their date? Who? What? Are you kidding me? Well, I feel like Alfred set this up and Bruce was like, yeah, I don't okay. care who set it up. Who wants to sit that far from their date? I don't. Nobody. Nobody. But I like it. Holy Spirit Bales. doesn't need that much room. But I <laughs> good reference. Catholic school reference. 
Yeah, I like. Oh yeah, the way he looks around the room though, like. Yeah, you know, I know, you know, the truth. I don't think I've ever been in this room before. Is a line that is a line that is a, such a good. It's. A, I mean, uh, you want to get out of here? Oh, uh, he is so. This is the charming. charmer, charmer Bruce Wayne, right? This is Bruce Wayne putting on the Wayne charm, putting on the the the, the, the Playboy charm. You know, maybe it's all a ruse. See this, like you know, the steak and pasta uh, thing uh, they have going on. I think it is. I think yeah. that was that was Check all moved. Their old fridge, though. I know it's so pretty. It is really pretty. It's such. It's like a fifty. It's like a leave it to Beaver fridge. You know, somebody. Like I love Lucy fridge. Somebody from that era would be like, "What are you insane? Like, why is that pretty? It's it the curvature. Man. It's true. Yes, that is true. The it's curvature, nice and round, the big handle. But again, it's sort of the fifties and the forties lurking in the eighties at the same time. You yeah. know. It's it's the it's that weird crossover. He loves you a lot. Yes, he does love you a lot, Bruce. Couldn't find my socks without him. No, I bet you couldn't. Um, I forgot what we were talking about before Jack Nicholson. We were talking about whatever you want to talk about. Alcohol, everybody, and tobacco. Alcohol, two, 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 two different buzzes. Two different buzzes. One great podcast. Welcome to beer with geeks with no beer. (laughs) (laughs) With no beer. Oh boy. Uh, So Alfred is his family. It's true. Yeah, I I love the. I love the rule. Any okay? To tell me if you agree with this. You're you're the bigger Batman fan. I am. I am more of a batman casual compared to you to get batman right you have to get alfred right wow you know i've never thought about it but that is absolutely true if you get alfred wrong you're probably getting batman wrong yeah that's absolutely true if alfred doesn't compliment bruce wayne if they don't mesh together because they are the real relationship that's in the, the real story. relationship that's, the, it, that's like if if lois and, and clark don't work the, the whole thing doesn't the whole work. thing falls apart it doesn't work and so that's why as as much as Lois and Clark, the TV series was not like gr- a great television show. It was a good Superman show because it got that right. Because Terry Hatcher and Dean Kane had amazing chemistry. They clicked and they were really good. Lois and Clark. So fun fact about this scene, this surgery. I have two fun facts okay. about the surgery scene. One, the tools on the on the table right there are the same tools used in the dentist scene from Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, that's cool. And that was around. The, uh, that was wait. Was the movie after Little Shop of Horrors might have been after this. Little Shop of Horrors is after this, so they yeah. use those same tools. <gasps> so cool. As a little Easter egg. Isn't that fun? That's so fun. I know. One of the most fun facts I've ever heard about a movie. I know. So there you go. Mirror. Second fun fact. In high school, I I had to do a... I went to a Catholic high school. Me too. And the Ina. I've been there. I went to you your have. Union, if you recall. I do. And I, I didn't go there. Um, and You've been there, but you didn't go there. Beautiful school, really. Would have loved it there. So, but uh, you see what they have to work with here. Um, so this, <laughs> so this, so the scene. My uh, friend of mine and, and my group we replicated because we had to do a project on, um, oh my god, n- uh, narcissism. Oh, okay. And so we reused this scene and redid it to play out narcissism. Um, it didn't work at all because okay. we were in high school and it was terrible and nobody in the class got it, but we enjoyed ourselves remaking it. Well, good for you. It was fun. S- third fun fact about this scene with Kim Basinger and Michael Keaton on the stairs. He's standing on a box because <gasps> they were about the same height. Stop. Yep. Oh, my God. That's I mean, that's I don't know why I'm so shocked by that, but like that's that's 
uh, just That's like fun, Hollywood, a baby. fun little uh, yeah, a fun little Hollywood fact. Standing on a box, making out with Kim Basinger. Bruce is staring at me. Your cat is staring at me with my. Thank you for clarifying which Bruce you're talking about. He is like not. Stop having, saying my name, he Tim. Is not having my fun fact. So Bruce Bruce has a very my cat Bruce has a very judgmental stare. Um, it often is off putting to me. It is often off putting to my wife. But uh, that is that is our boy. That's that right. is our boy. One of our two boys. One of our two cats. Bruce, look at me, so I can I can take a picture of your pretty face. He recognizes his name. Honestly, if you say his Bruce. name enough, he will notice Bruce. it. He will. Bruce. Bruce. Well, apparently, Bruce. Not if you do it, but it happens. He's uh, not looking at me. But it's good enough. This movie is so good, dude. And like, it's so it's it's like honestly, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but it's so campy in a way, you know. Oh no no no! It's it not. Is it's, campy. It, it's not Adam West campy. That's to the right. same extent. But it, I mean, this scene is campy, right? Like this is campy. This is yeah. this is this is, is kind of cheesy. I like that Jack Palance takes his last Carl Grissom takes his last drink as kind of like a. He takes it as like, oh, I got to reach for the gun, but also this is probably my last drink this ever. Is, yes. He knows. He knows. And you know what's funny? So in 1989, you can't see Jack Nicholson's face as the Joker. I was going to say. But in 4K, you know exactly what he looks like. So his movement into the light is completely wasted. It's negated, right? Yeah, negated. Because he's yeah. in shadow and probably on the movie screen, you probably couldn't see it. But but we can see but it. But you can see everything. We can see it just fine. <laughs> so it, it loses the fact. Also, you can see purple that they removed actually. Oh no! On his neck, see right side of his uh, left side of yep, his neck. Yep, yep. You can see purple from his collar rubbed off on mm. the makeup. That's my other fun fact for you. You have a lot of fun facts. Oh, Jack Palance. I've seen this movie far too many times. Many, many times. Did not have fun facts for you. <sighs> this is such. I mean, like, can you believe that? In I mean, in this day and age, in the year of our Lord, twenty nineteen. We are we are very used to a certain kind of comic book movie, right? And we are very used to a certain level of comic bookery, if you will. But yes, in 1989 for I mean in in the 1900s uh in the 20th century for there to be Jack Nicholson, one of the all-time greats of of Hollywood, to be playing a a character like the Joker. That's right. Was a huge deal, and I can't like. I'm sure many of our listeners remember that, but many of our listeners are also my age or younger, right? Y- young enough where this movie predates us. That's right. Well, think about it. Kim Basinger was this is one of her first roles, if not her first film role. Michael Keaton was mainly Mr. Mom, a, a comedic actor up until this point. Beetlejuice, Mr. Mom, things like this. I mean, this was the original fan outrage, right? Remember, remember, yeah, remember, letters and letters and letters and letters. Remember, oh, remember the Gal Gadot outrage of she says she's too skinny, blah blah blah. It's like this beautiful woman is too skinny to be Wonder Woman. Like, screw Shut you. Shut up, she's amazing. Screw you, she's amazing. Gotta watch that movie again. I haven't watched Wonder Woman in a long time. I haven't either. I, and I, I saw it a bunch of times. I saw it like three or four times in theaters, but I would, I would, I haven't seen it in a bit. Uh, yeah, and I own it, so I'm, I'm ready to watch it whenever you want. Um, but, um. Oh, to have he's so creepy. It's so creepy. Jack Nicholson is so creepy in this movie. He actually did an interview where he said this is the one movie he can watch himself in because he doesn't recognize himself. That's really cool. Isn't that cool? I really like that. Yeah, I like that, too. Uh, well, he didn't want to do the party. They were going to give it to Rob Williams, and, and he was like, you know what? No, I'll do it, but I'll take a cut of the profits 
which gave him like a gave like a ten million dollar bonus or something like that just to watch, or like he took like ten percent of the of the gross of the film. So he made, he is still making money off of this movie well, thirty years later. And and isn't it that he he owns a piece of the name Jack Napier, right? So yes, anytime that's right. anytime DC publishes anything where the Joker's name is Jack Napier, which is not always the case, but whenever they do make reference to him being named Jack Napier, Nicholson makes a few bucks. Yeah, that is absolutely right. He, oh, Alfred the... just messing everything up. I'll see you when you get back. Oh, we're not going anywhere. Shut up, Alfred. What is the matter with you? What's wrong with you? He's so smiley, though. He's so cute. He's oh, cute, he's, but he's, he's screwing Alfred. it all up. Do you feel like Michael Goff could beat you up if you ha- if he had to, though? I mean, if he had to. I think he could. Yes. I feel like he could. Yes. If it, if it came down to the fisticuffs, he could. Yes. You'll never believe what happened to me today. I mean, she will, though, because she can see your face and she passed out. Yeah, it wasn't today either. It was probably a few days ago. The tie. Oh, great tie. I love his bow tie. Yeah, it never comes back, this bow tie. It's really good. Which is a shame. Yeah. Before Holly Quinn, this blonde, you know, blonde haired yeah. sidekick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and this boardroom. The boardroom this scene is, is great. This is so, like, proto Tim Burton, right? Like, this is, like, early stage Tim Burton with the underlighting and the shadows and the pinstripe suits. Oh, my God. You know, oh, you know God. actually, Jack Nicholson in, like, uh, peach skin smile is yep. in some ways creepier oh, than the Joker. No, it's absolutely creepier. Not it's, in some ways. In every way. It's like it is actually horrifying because it's like it's uncanny valley Joker. Yes, because the peach the, the whatever makeup they have on him that's supposed to be it's supposed to be like 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 his skin color makeup over the white that his face now is. Yep. Also this guy in the pinstripe suit looks a little bit like uh what's his name from uh from Law and Order. Oh, Jerry Orbach? No. Looks like Jerry Orbach. No, I was thinking it looked more like uh what's the guy from uh uh like uh I don't know, Frank. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't know. F- from the, the guy who does the uh town tonight. <laughs> Good Joker laugh. Good Jack Nicholson Joker laugh. It right is. There. It is. Thank you. Oh, the machine guns, machine guns, the old tiny machine, machine guns. guns. I know. That's what I love. Oh. Anton got a little hot under the collar. <laughs> You're crazy. Sasha Baron Cohen is the name I was thinking of. Oh, uh, and I didn't even use a look up for that. But he kind of that guy kind of looked like Sasha Baron Cohen. I the... don't see it at all, but okay, I'll, I'll well. believe you. Right. Now this is fun because it's his real skin, uh, but it's paint on the handkerchief that he paints onto his forehead, and that's like movie magic, right? That's like... movie magic, baby. Yeah, it's 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 subverting your expectations, but the makeup is on the handkerchief, so he's painting it onto himself. And then you don't know if the, but you really don't know if the white before the scene, if right? You've never seen a, if you don't know anything about the Joker, yeah, like that pops out of his suit and he's got to stuff it back in the little handkerchief. Um, but you don't know if that is his real face or if the white is real or not. It actually leaves you guessing until you see him put on the the Correct. makeup. You. Number one guy. I like that he just, even as the Joker, he he only reflects what he knows. Yeah, he's a mirror. 
Yeah. He's a mirror, but but he's a mirror. He, but he's a funhouse mirror. The Bob the Goo. He's a funhouse mirror. The Joker. He's a funhouse mirror. He reflects it back, but in a perverse way. You know. Right? Yeah, I agree. You know what? As much as Heath Ledger is an amazing Joker, and don't get me wrong, Jack Nicholson as the Joker to me is more the Joker. Jack Nicholson cannot be overlooked. I don't think so. Heath Ledger is a particular type of Joker for the particular type of film that he's in, but Jack Nicholson is more a classical the Joker. Yeah, I I, I know what you mean. And it, do you remember, or am I the only one who remembers? Uh, I'm sorry, one second. Keep that thought. Yes, there's, there's something about him talking to a charred corpse. Oh. Like you can't understate how insane he is. Jack Napier is at like he is like. Oh my god, it it is horrible in his own way. Okay, continue though. Yeah. I was going to say well, well actually I will I will put a pin in that for a second, one more second because you were saying that. You're right. He it cannot be understated how how it can't be overstated how how incredible a joker he was. And if if um if Mark Hamill had not come along th- 3 4 years after this, 1993, 4 years after this, if he hadn't come along four years after this, this is probably the definitive Joker that would have been the like my Joker. Like like my Joker now. When I read a, a comic that has a Joker in it, I hear Mark Hamill's voice as many, as, many, as many of us do. Many of our generation do. But if it hadn't happened, or if there had been a longer gap, even if there had just been a longer gap. Probably Jack Nicholson would have been the defining Joker of the entire generation. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, but what I was going to say before was, uh, it's, I, I have this, this very distinct memory of Jack Nicholson, uh, at some kind of, at some kind of movie premiere. Um, I wish I could remember what the movie was, but he was at a movie premiere on the red carpet and like extra or access Hollywood or one of those, you know, tabloid TV, celebrity TV type things, uh, was, was following him around and they were um, interviewing him on the day that Heath Ledger died. And it was the day the news broke that Heath Ledger had died. And he had already shot The Dark Knight, right? So I remember, like, it probably wasn't Mario Lopez yet, but but it was whoever was hosting Extra or Access Hollywood or whatever, or Inside Edition or whatever celebrity show it was at the time. And they were interviewing Jack Nicholson on the red carpet and saying like, oh, you know, you know, what do you think of of uh, the idea that Heath Ledger is going to carry on your legacy and be the next Joker? And he was like, oh, you know, uh, he's a great actor and this and that. And he's amazing. And, blah, blah. and you know, he well, well, you heard you heard. I mean, they, they were sort of surprised and they were like, you heard that he died today, right? Because they could tell from my, by his reaction that he wasn't reacting in the way they expected. And he was like, what? No, you're kidding. Like. That he was in so much shock and disbelief, and it was crazy to see Jack Nicholson sort of having to react, uh, kind of unfairly because the you know whoever it was put him on the on the spot a little bit, but him having to react to this, the fact that the person who was sort of carrying the torch, carrying the legacy uh, of the Joker, had just died, and he was now being put on the spot and being asked to react. To the fact that that he had passed away uh, so suddenly and so young, um, it was kind of a I, I will just I will just always always remember that that interview, 
and always remember um you know that that sort of the the, the impact that 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 had um because it is it really is like a carrying the torch also this mime kind of looks like nathan uh uh from the producers nathan uh friggin nathan the producer producers uh 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 Matata, nathan jesus from from hollywood from from broadway how am i for, i am this is how rough nathan I am, lane. Guys. nathan lane jesus oh um, i thought you meant like film producer no, not the no, show no the no producers. from the show the I'm producers sorry, i was confused okay, as I'm in with now. matthew broderick um nathan lane of uh of mimes over there never mind um i should stop drinking bourbon but i won't um Anyway, that's my that's my uh, that's my story of of Jack Nicholson. No, I think you're right though. That was incredibly unfair to ask him to put him on the spot like that. Yeah, yeah, but also, like, he recognized talent, and that's important. He did. That's true. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, look at this! This is so iconic. Man. I like All that he this. like re- like he's the Joker, and he's like make like he's permanent the way that he is, but also he like makes himself up to be something even more grotesque. Oh, yeah. Hello, Vinny. It's your Uncle Bingo. Also, I... also a line I like to reference that nobody understands. Uh, the quill in the neck. I mean, that's that is like the pencil in the eye, right? Like, yes, right, yes, Frank. That is a great comparison. Am I, but I mean, like, that's that's what it is. That's what it is. That's like exactly what it is with the whole like making the pencil disappear thing. And you're in absolutely Dark right. And there's two things that I love about this whole thing. One, Bruce gets shot in the arm, doesn't flinch. Pretty great. Just, just, just not even phased. In complete disbelief that you know so he, that this guy that he thought was dead is alive. He instantly recognizes him where nobody else does. Great detective. But also, this is one of the only times you see Bruce, besides Batman v Superman, of all films, reflect on the death of his parents. Mm, that's true. That is true. He yeah. goes to visit the site in which they died. He goes to Crime Alley, and. I'm I'm really 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 still longing for Bruce to visit the grave of his parents in his Batman costume. Something oh, that I would love yes. to see in live action. I've never seen it, and I uh, that's what I'm I'm really I'm banking on. Batman, can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a grown man dressed up as a bat <laughs> gets all of my press? <laughs> This town needs an enema. I, you know, I didn't know what an enema was when I was a kid, but I agree. now you do. He, he, they do need it. <laughs> that, that town does need one. That's for damn sure. I have a glass of water, Alfred. Being Alfred, great. just anticipating Bruce's needs. Oh, you know, again, so again, good. the real relationship of this of this truly saga. Truly, this scene is great. I like that Alfred's like. You know, Vicky Vale is like, Alfred, why don't you marry her? It's not like a true dad, right? Like, yeah. like he why don't is. you marry her? She's a nice girl. You should really marry her. You know, like like such a like 40s, 50s dad. We've been on one date, dad. Calm down. How far did you get on that date, Bruce? Never mind. None yeah, of your business, dad. I know because I saw her in the morning. If not now, when? But I like Bruce's consideration here in this scene where he like actually listens to his stepdad his dad figure yeah but alfred also gets the seriousness of the situation right away he never scoffs at it you know he says jack Napier's you're still alive i need all the information and he says yes absolutely he is all business when he needs to be 
Uh, he, he's uh, great. Alfred is everything to Bruce. He is everything that Bruce needs. He he she is great, isn't she? Like he he to- yes sir. He totally he gets all of Bruce's needs and he fulfills Bruce's needs. Yeah, absolutely. Also her I don't know what kind of newspaper pays the salary that has the apartment the giant loft apartment oh my god her apartment is amazing the same restaurant that pays monica's uh, salary she can afford the loft and friends sublets that apartment under the alias of her grandmother who has rent control i'll have you know everyone makes a big deal about it i still don't buy it but still they, don't buy it. They actually explain it in the context of the show. Still don't which buy you it. can watch on the forthcoming <laughs> Warner Brothers H- service, Warner Bro- where you can probably watch H- this movie. HBO Max. Also, his Rubik's cube, the the diamond Rubik's cube, not the not the cube, shows you how crazy the Joker actually is. That he goes a step above and uses the cube Rubik's cube, the not the, the diamond, the diamond, the Rubik's, Rubik's diamond, cube, the Rubik's diamond. Uh, Bob the Goon is just the best. Bob the Goon is, uh, and and he's got a little Joker face on his but on his lapel. Has, but he has comic book Joker. Yes, which is even better. Who is Joker? Is that Neil Stop Neil Adams Joker? Presses. Who is that? It is Neil Adams Joker. Okay, good call, Frank. That is exactly hey, Neil Adams Joker. I may not. I may not. This is going back a couple months. I may not recognize Frank Miller's signature, but I recognize a Neil Adams Joker when I see one. Man, good for you though. <laughs> that is. Did I just redeem myself from oh two my months ago? God, you did. Thank you, Frank. I have a hot toys of. Oh, I thought you were going to say. Okay, I thought you were going a different direction. Okay, no, never mind. not at all. I so like Frank. I, just, I have a hard on for you noticing the Neil Adams Joker, I and I was like, that's room for a second. That's too much. Podcaster, I am. I like that they're in Axis Chemicals, but he like hides it with the drapery. Yes, and things like well, that. he you know he's still a classy a classy gentleman. Oh, the tie is back. The bow tie. <laughs> the bow tie. It's back. 4K. You're so good. <laughs> Thank you, 4K. You make me recognize things. Also, that guy's smiling face that we see in the yes. establishing shot, it's all over the floor. Oh, my it's goodness. It's the same photo oh my goodness. over and yes, over yes, and over, yes, and over, yes, and over again. Wow. Axis wow. Chemical Company. Wow. I'm so I'm so glad I'm noticing these things. Thank you, 4K. It's, oh, my God. I just need a 4K TV so bad. My wife, if you're listening, <laughs> our TV is just fine. It was mine. It was technically free because for you. It'll make a great bedroom I TV. I didn't know you when I bought it 10 years ago. Uh, but I think that it would make a great bedroom TV. We can donate our other one to people who don't have the ties back. Um, the tie to to people who don't who don't have one. We should really get a 4K TV. End of my pitch to my wife. Thank I can you give you much. a. Uh, I can tell you we can get a really good deal on a 4K TV because this one is now cheaper than when I bought it. And uh, yeah, I'd be be happy to pass on that knowledge. Wow. Um. Yeah. Um. Oh, Becky. Becky. Action news. Candy Walker and Amanda Keeler. Amanda mm. Keeler is horrifying. Yep. Well, Candy Walker. Candy is, Walker's pretty scary. Is, too. St- is scary, but not as scary as Amanda Keeler. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. Wow, that is horrifying. Oh my gosh. Uh, 80s news. Oh yeah. Anyway, Jack Nicholson or the Joker cutting up pictures of a scrapbook of dead people that he killed with gas. It cannot be. Like stated how much how crazy he is, and people forget how creepy his version of the Joker actually is. If you stop to think about it, it's really horrifying. It's as it, iconic as Heath Ledger's Joker is. Jack Nicholson's Joker is truly, cr- 
truly creepy. I, I mean, I'm telling you, man. If it if it wasn't for it, it, the timing, if there had been if it had been longer before we got another Batman incarnation, right? If there had been like say even five years before we got another Batman of any kind, Jack Nicholson would have gotten a lot more respect. But I think it 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 burned very bright and very hot and very fast, and then it burned out. Yes. And and then we got other Batman, other Jokers, other you know. But if it wasn't for that, if it had been a longer time where this was the definitive Joker, this would still be the Joker we were talking about oh, primarily oh my today. God, look how creepy that is! So creepy. Oh, he's using stand-ups of dead women to make a commercial. Like, I just want to point that out to you. It is depraved. It is disturbing. Like, it is extremely, extremely messed up. And it is extremely scary. And, like, by, by any standards, if this was a movie made today, it would be disturbing. Right? And and in 89, it was, and even with a Tim Burton sensibility, it was done maybe a little bit, again, a little bit on the campy side, intentionally. Yes, there's a bit of intentional camp here because all Tim Burton's films are intentional. He looks camp. like shining. He looks like shining Jack Nicholson there a little bit in those in those mug shots. Oh yeah, he does. See, and that's what really like got people in the mood for this like Joker Jack Nicholson. But he was like in 1980, he was even skinny like the oh, Joker yeah. should like he was should skinny. be. Like if this movie was made nine years or before it came out, like that, like he would have been even better than he was now just by sheer look of it cosmetic scare in gotham yeah anyway i was gonna say i have a hot toy of of the joker you know they're like incredibly detailed stylized you know like exact face replicas of these of these actors playing these parts and I have other hot toys that I kind of like rotate out. I can't bring myself to even put him in a box because he's mm. so good and iconic. I have a Darth Vader one too. I can't. I just, it's like a Darth Vader. I can't put him away. He's just too good looking. Too good. Speaking of good looking, Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams is a cigar like us. We're basically we're basically Billy D. Williams right now with an E Pluribus Unum seal behind him because that's the seal of. Gotham City. You God. know what's funny about in movies, whenever they're smoking a cigar, it's always like a full cigar because it's like just been lit, and then they say action. Mm, good point. You know? He it's didn't... never like smoked down a little bit. It's always like a full cigar. I have three fun facts. Please Th share. Three fun facts. Fun fact number one. This was the first movie I ever saw Billy D. Williamson. It was not Star Wars. So mm. technically for me, he will forever be Harvey Dent. Nice. Not Lando Calrissian. Number two. When I met Billy D. Williams, you were there. I was there. You remember, I did not have him sign a photograph of Lando Carissian. I had him sign, sign a photograph it. of Harvey Dent. You did. I remember that. Because that is who he was. This is Jack Nicholson putting on makeup over his makeup. Yep. Talent. And, and uh, Daddy's going to make some art, darling. Oh, my God. He's so creepy. He's so good. I love it. His fake nose and his fake chin. Anyway, who is that guy? Standing in the middle. I don't of know. Gotham. I uh, want to know about it's, that it's, man. Is Vladimir Gotham? Vladimir. Uh, Vladimir know, Gotham. Well, the Waynes and the Cobblepots found Gotham City in you know comic book lore way after this. Maybe it's Oswald it's, Cobblepot the first. I'm going to say that it is. Um, 
and then that thing after the my third fun fact, Billy D. Williams, Billy D. Williams. Oh my god, I forgot my third fun fact. We met him. We saw him. We conquered. No, um, we we, we uh, no, we did not. Uh, you 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 had him sign his. I had him sign a Lando photo, uh, where he's like squishing the cape. You had him sign a Harvey Dent photo. Um, oh, d- cigars. I remember. So if you look at pictures of Winston Churchill with his cigars, you will also notice that they are also like elongated. They are not smoked cigars. Yes, because Winston Churchill, who I love, me too, um, knew his image and knew that the cigars were part of his image, but he rarely smoked them in public. And so you will actually see all the photos of Winston Churchill are not smoked cigars. He carried unsmoked cigars in his pockets just for the photo op. That's awesome. Isn't that amazing? He is. He was that self-aware. Oh. I love that the handwriting on the urgent sign is like a child's handwriting. Oh, I, I'm glad that and, you... And this, too. Put this you r- pointed on right it out now. Because I couldn't figure out how to describe what it was. I was going to say backwards R or whatever it was. It's like a but, kindergartner wrote it. Yeah. Um, the hot toy Joker that I have actually comes with this face mask, which I love, even though he doesn't wield it or hold it himself. Doesn't matter. The gas is purple. Like people like release purple gas. Like Joker deliberately was like, let's colorize his crap. You know, let's let's yep. dye it. Yep. Got to make it purple. Got to be purple. This got to be on brand. Oh, smashing into that that cake. Ugh, waste what of a cake waste of pasta. cake, man. Yeah. What do you think about the Prince soundtrack in this film? It's perfect for the time. It's perfect. Perfect for, perfect for 89. Dates it, but I also love it. But also, you know... I like the caked look that Jack Nicholson's makeup has right now. What, like, there's enough forebearance that they didn't just use his regular skin no, tone. They, they actually caked makeup onto his yes, face. Yes. Like a high school play. And, like, non... What, I, I don't know a thing about makeup. But, like, non-shiny makeup, right? Like, so that it mm, would look... Like matted. Caked. Matted, Yes. So and but I love like that that tool hot chest pink. that guy is carrying is like hot pink. Oh, I, I love now it. again go into the Anton first in the prop department and all in production design. All these paintings had to be recreated. Yes, because some of them are famous paintings. Oh yeah, so Joker was here. Some of them had to be recreated just for his goons to deface it. So these are like Monet, like like these are these are references to Caesar. He turns Caesar into the Joker. Like these are references to actual famous classic paintings and he's just defacing them left and right you know and the sculptures and everything else he is defacing like classic art you know like the heritage of of uh, society uh and he's just throwing paint on it which like what does that say about the Joker? Right? I know. I think honestly, this scene I think would even play better if there were more famous paintings. Like if there was a Starry Night. I agree. Or if it, the like, Mona Lisa. The you know, Mona like, Lisa. But, but like, but I mean, like the George Harris, uh, the George Harrison. What the, the Beatles <laughs> fan of me? George Washington portrait. You know, like yes, George Harrison. George, George Harrison. Washington. I am too much a Beatles fan. I love you so much. Thank You're you. such a great. Thank human. you. Bourbon is a is a harsh mistress. <laughs> um, uh, but, but I mean, like he painted, he put dollars signs over the George Washington portrait in the background, right? Like the guy wearing the 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 priest collar for no reason. For no reason. For no good reason. Dollar sign over George Washington. A little on point. I like that he likes the it's on the nose, but it works. The meat. I like that he likes the meat um painting. Leave that be. Oh, all of this works. No what doesn't work in the scene though? 
This is going to be terrible. Kim Basinger's dress. What the hell is she uh, wearing? I mean, I can't even see her is, dress right now. Is it a turtleneck? Is it a sweater? Is it a dress? I don't know. It's a swess. It's a, it's a sweater dress. It's a swess. <laughs> nah, now that's good work. Yeah, oh, man. I love that he lights the candles with a flamethrower a minute ago. His hat is... Oh, the hat is... Point it doesn't work, but it works. He clearly had a ball. He was... Yeah, he was having fun with this role. Well, I mean, that's the part... That's the beauty of playing the villain. I saw an interview with a bunch of actors. I can't remember where it was from recently, but they they said, like, oh, it's way more fun to play the villain. Like, playing the hero sucks because you're so... Like, yeah, the good way is the best way and blah, blah, blah. And you can't really do anything with it apart from be the hero. Playing the villain is amazing. I because feel like you have a range that you don't have playing the hero. There are very few people who can actually comment on that. Like Michael Keaton being one of them, right? Playing Batman and then playing the vulture. Um, but sure. there, there's, 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 there's actually relatively few people who can comment on that sort of authoritatively. Where they have been both the the star in terms of being the hero and then the star in terms of being the villain. Not terribly villainous in his own way, but Chris Evans, Captain America. Sure. Also played, uh, I can't remember his name, but... Um, Johnny Pil- Storm. No, I was going to say Scott. <laughs> I know, I know. Scott yeah, yeah. Pilgrim. Yeah. He plays yes. the skateboarder guy, and yes. I can't remember his name. I don't remember his name either, but I know who you're And I won't about. look it up. I don't care enough. That's because, but Scott Pilgrim is an amazing film. We should do a commentary on that one day. I would. Oh, Scott Pilgrim is so good. I would do a commentary on that. I would do a commentary on Shaun of the Dead. I would do a commentary on basically the whole Cornetto trilogy. I would I would honestly be there with you, except that I know Hot Fuzz more than the other ones, but I would I would definitely Can I tell you commentate on those? Can I tell you that Hot Fuzz might be my least favorite of the three? I know. We've talked about this before, but Hot Fuzz is my favorite. Shaun of the Dead is my absolute favorite, no doubt. And then, and then World's End. And then World's End, and then, and then, and then Hot Fuzz. Oh, Hot no. Fuzz, I feel like I didn't get Hot Fuzz. And maybe it was just the, the I've only seen it once, admittedly. See, and so I maybe it was the context in which I saw and it. And I didn't get Shaun of the Dead, but I think it was overhyped. And so I should really go back and watch them. Okay. I should really, really go back and watch them. We should really go back and watch them. I And maybe agree. I will change really my mind on Shaun of the Dead and maybe uh, on Hot Fuzz and maybe you will change do, your mind. Do you want on me to Shaun come back into your life, into your home and watch one of the Cornell Yeah, what are you doing next week? Films? Yeah, uh, nothing. Actually. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm on vacation. Yeah, I hate you. Yeah. Ah, help me. Oh, I'm melting. Frank, the cigars were honestly one of the best ideas you've ever had in your entire life. I got more. I got oh, more. That's so good. I love I, I haven't smoked a good cigar in so long. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh the breaking glass. The breaking glass. Oh, my God. And, oh, my God. Uh, he comes down with. Uh, it's so good. And then you think he's going to shoot the Joker. This is it, classic Batman. Turn, but it turns off at a 90 degree angle and he rescues the girl instead because dude, that's what heroes dude, do. Dude, dude. And the POV camera right there is great. <sighs> This is Ugh. this is classic Batman. This is like radio series Batman. And I said the word series, and my iPad woke up because I thought I said Siri. Um, but this is th- I'm not even kidding. It really it woke up. But um, this is classic like like radio, like like 
old school, old school golden age Batman. You're right. You know why? Because Batman, because modern age Batman just kills the Joker right in front of you. Right. But, but this one, he rescues the girl like it's 1935 Captain Blood. Now, what is your thought on this Batmobile? Oh, it's the best Batmobile in the entire world. It's Dude, it's the best Batmobile. It's the best Batmobile. It is. It's the only Batmobile. It's completely, it's so impractical, but I don't care. I don't care. Who cares about practicality? Mythbusters did a thing about like um, turning a 90 degree corner with a grappling hook and how it doesn't work, but I don't care. Know why? Because this Batmobile is driving at 30 miles an hour inside a city with no traffic, and that's all that matters. This is fun, and that's all that matters. It's fun. It's fun. I like that Batman's just so high tech in the Jokers. It's just an 80s car spray painted. Yes. Like, oh my God. It's just a, it's function. I mean, it's not a functional Batmobile. It's not functional, but it's fun. Christopher Nolan's Tumblr is functional. Putting the fun in functional since 1989. Putting the fun in Batmobile since 1989. None of those letters are in Batmobile. <laughs> Monarch Theater. The Monarch Theater. Oh, and there's the there's the bulldozer. Oh. The Monarch Theater is a is a is a beautiful beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. We all need one in every town. Every town has its 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 like old it's monarch theater. It's monarch theater. I have one in in my town. I mean, it's the town over from me, but I mean, I live all next right. to a major metropolitan area. So yes, you do. Yeah, yeah. that's it's, right. It's good. Oh, it's Cape Billows. So oh, well, and uh, heresy. I don't know if it's heresy or not. Okay, I think the effects of the Batmobile armor. Like covering up work better in 1989 than they do in in Batman Returns. Oh, that's not heresy. That's true. I think it, it stop motion in 89, and I think it works better because it's. I think it's computer generated in in, in Batman Returns. It just doesn't. It doesn't look really. As, good. as soon as Batman Returns, they were already working on. They were doing CG. I, it works better in, in 89. I think. Oh. I, I I think so. 108. I think. Oh, I have that grappling gun. Oh, I wish it fired. I, I wouldn't I, use it because I'm afraid of heights. But still, it's so. Do you remember cool. like four years ago where you and I went to a park in uh, Somerville, Massachusetts, and we saw Batman Returns? Yes. Yes. I have seen that more recently than I have seen Batman 89. Oh, how much are you enjoying each one in comparison? Oh, I'm enjoying this so much. I think Batman 89 is a better film, but visually, I, I, agree I think Tim Burton is more confident in himself. So there's some things in Batman 89 that yeah. work better. But I think that 89 is a better film. Yeah. I, I, I think Returns has some visuals that are better, but this is like noir. Right, this is like a Batman noir. This, this is like Mildred Pierce with Batman. Yes, it's just a fantastic. This film. is a treat. It is a treat. I I, a I, I feel like it. I'm having dessert right now watching this movie. You know, right? Like, like like it it is a treat to watch. It is it is. Ah, uh, 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 I'm enjoying the the hell out of this movie right now. I'm I'm almost swore right there, but I don't mm. want to bleep myself. So, um, editing for you. So recently, I saw online Joe. Kionis is how you say his name. Yeah. Um, he did a mashup of Batman the Animated Series and Batman 89 in some designs. He did Batman, Robin, Joker, and Harley Quinn. His Batman design is a complete perfect mashup of Bruce Tim and Tim Burton or, huh. or Anton Furman. Bruce Tim Burton, if you will. And it is just Bruce Tim Burton. And it's so pretty. And this movie, this guy's wielding swords. And there's no reason to question it whatsoever. But Batman, why would you? Oh, the scene! I, you know what? As much as the Dark Knight trilogy is amazing, 
the fight choreography in this film is better. Even though Batman couldn't move worth a damn, at least you see him move. But they hit it, it well. They hit they hit yes, well they the fact hit that he well. could move. Yes, that's right. They they hit it well, but they also hit well in this film. Yes. In a way that you can feel the choreography in the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy. Like you can literally feel choreography happening. Like them like thinking through the steps and everything like that. And I cannot feel that in this movie the same way. It feels organic and that's the important part. Maybe because it's not overdone, it doesn't feel like it's just like and and my and my wrists are up here because that's where he's hitting me. And that's I like Batman nineteen eighty nine making a joke about oh girls wait. <laughs> Horrible. Horrible. Stab. Not good. That's not one good. of the few that's one of the few like not good things about this movie. No, but you know what? This Batmobile driving scene, even though it's a little bit sped up over through a set. Oh man, I have cigar ashes all over me. I look like a that's terrible right. danger. This looks like the the uh the forest that like Dorothy goes through. Oh, okay, and you're going to duel the fates. Uh but this looks like this looks like like driving through all the trees in like Wizard of Oz. On the way to the Emerald City, right? Like, uh, to me. Yes. What about yeah, apples? Uh, uh, if we saw it at night, this is what that forest would look like. But look how sped up this is. Look, watch the leaves. And he's driving, and woo! Leaves. Oh, yeah, that is sped up, huh? Yeah. I never really noticed that before. Thank yeah, you, 4K. I, leaves! Yep, there they go. <laughs> yep, there they go. Faster than what is humanly possible. But it's so beautiful. Oh, my God, look at it. So, so many glory shots. Oh, this movie is so beautiful. And I i mean, I love Batman and you love Superman, whatever. But this movie is just how Tim Burton has just a way, just a way about him visually. I mean, it's probably because he's an animator. And yeah, I just drop. Yeah, no, I just it's drop ash on your floor. That's OK. I don't care. Um, It's fine. Um, Yeah, no, it is. It is a uh, oh, it's such a beautifully put together movie. Oh my goodness! What I mean, so many beautiful shots, so many beautiful like like every shot is like a gif. You know, every one is like a beautiful photograph, a, a piece of a work of art in its in itself. What if Batman ever ends up in the Batcave drunk? He could die the way that the if, way that he parks his Batmobile. If Batman ended up in the Batcave the way we are right now, he'd be doomed to be over. Yeah, look at that! It's so close to the edge that makes me uncomfortable. Oh, and there's the bats. I'm counting bats. One, bats. two, three, four. Full disclosure, my 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 wife works in wildlife and things like that, and she's running a bat program literally as we speak right now as we're watching this film, which is hilarious because we're watching Batman. But she's literally counting bats right now to in the wildlife, and I am counting bats on screen. I, I love saw that. four bats, including Batman. I love the mirroring of that. I, I, I love that. Her real life experience and our fictional experience. Right. I now. love a couple things about all that. One, I love my wife. Two, yes. I love that we can make a connection with my life. Yes, with my wife. One, I love that we can make a connection with Batman and my wife and things, so on and so forth. I like love that. it went to one and then two and then back to one. I love that. Did I say one again? You've had so much gin, you can only count to two. <laughs> I love that. You can only count to two. Folks, this is this is this is real. This is happening. 
Oh, great scene. This is good podcasting right this here. This scene is so well lit. He's Batman's gonna turn Batman's gonna turn around and it's gonna be so good because it's gonna shine right in Michael Keaton's very very exquisite and um descri- descriptive is not the right word. Um ex- expression expressive face. Expressive eyes, I yes. would say. Okay, yes. Like he there's there's a you know a term in acting it's called eye acting you know yes, how much yes. can you put across eye acting and Michael Keaton is one of those people he had to right and this is again again think about how many think real... about how he groped her to well, get the film out of her boobs true in this film also think about how how few sort of true comic book movies Alfred there definitely put her back on her back Alfred just do that it, yep. Alfred, anyway, did you do that? Continue. Uh, think about how few sort of com- like like true comic book films there had been at this point, right? Like how many iconic comic book films there had been at this point, like Superman the movie and, and the whole Christopher Reeve franchise had basically happened by this time. And think about um, there had not been much in terms of in terms of like serious. Uh, uh, let's say respectable comic book film or, or like serious comic book film that had um, pivoted on a character that had a mask. And this is one of the few occasions where a character with a mask was sort of able to be taken seriously. Also, this poor action newscaster is getting more and more blistered and, and his face getting messed up as time goes on uh but uh you know that's well it's because they can't use it's because they can't use the hygiene products right which is i mean like how many hygiene products was he using because he looks terrible oh i love the joker's costume in this film it's so good it's so good i like the tails like he's classy but the plaid purple and teal pants like he's ready to have a good time it's like the 1989 version of the tuxedo shirt yeah sure Mm -hmm. i like the bat cave in this film very much batman returns has a very good cave because it's kind of flat and functional why was it different Mm. it's the same batman but because anton first had passed away yeah, but that's not a reason. Uh, they could have kept it, right? Well, I mean, like, look at the wood slats he painted black. They could have kept it. Very, very 80s. That's very 80s. But, 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 but that wide shot we saw a second ago, right, where it was, like, all rocky and stuff, right? No, you're absolutely the, right. The, Pop the, the, collar, very 80s. That is very it, 80s. Even if, it's his, even if it's his trench coat. That's right. Yeah. All I'm um, saying is the size and scope of that Batcave could have been preserved in Tibetan Returns because it's the same franchise. No, you're absolutely right. But they didn't do that. I agree with you, but I this is the era where they're not so concerned about continuity that That's way. Right. And and Tim Burton is not concerned about continuity. He's absolutely more conserved. not. He he's, doesn't he, give he, a crap. He's in the moment, right? He's This is like the Grand Central Terminal of Apartments. <gasps> wow. I know. You want to look up and see Constellations. Yes, you do. I mean, look at that that, that 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 steel beam above Michael Keaton's head. I mean, now you can't see it behind him, but what is that jackrabbit behind her though? Like the cookie jar who or framed by... Roger the Jackrabbit? Maybe she does love the Joker more than Batman. Hey, maybe hey. I give I give Bruce credit in this scene because you know he's been on a date with her, but he's a good of a enough guy to be like, look, I've treated you poorly and. I really have to tell you why. 
you know, even though he tells her to shut up. But it's for a good reason, because he's really trying to tell her an important thing. And this scene kind of sets the precedence for every superhero film after this, including the most recent Spider-Man, Far From Home, as to like, hey, this is the girl that I like, and I have to kind of, I have to reveal myself to you. I have to unmask myself. I have to unmask myself, and I have to take off my coat to do it, because you have very nice furniture, and I need to showcase it. I need to take off my coat and show my three-piece suit. You know, okay, Frank, when is when was the three-piece suit not in style? Probably, probably in the nineties is when it went sort of out of style as being not as, as not being the the day to day. You know, the day to day. It's still they're still prevalent because there are some movies, The American President, let's say that has a sure, three piece suit in sure. it. But oh, I love the three piece suit. I love a three piece suit. I love a three piece suit. I absolutely do. Um, his suit is very eighties, but this movie's also in its own way existing out of time it is a, i mean we've talked we've said this many times already it's it's 40s it's 50s it's 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 kind of 40s 50s 80s you know it's kind of it's living in three separate decades his suit hasn't has almost like an 80s kind of 50s cut but his tie and his shirt are yeah. very 80s yep 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 but and his, and his hair it's a but in the, the 80s back. and 90s wide ties were in and he's wearing a wide t- i mean you can see why not t- wide ties were in in the 50s as well that's Short, true wide ties. that's true wide ties were in and yes in the 50s as well i mean it kind of you know ties sort of get wider and then skinnier and then wider and then skinnier and you can kind of just sort of watch them go wow 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 uh but like the joker's wearing a wide tie too yeah he is nice tie actually. with like a fat knot velvety velvety jacket that scene where she opens the door and he kind of like exhales like oh i'm so relieved to see yeah you. that's the kind of acting from jack nicholson that you might not get from every other actor that's right he's just so subtle in his overtness oh tim you know what scene this is oh my god this is our favorite scene this is our favorite this scene is the scene in which jack nicholson's dark hair is coming through his green dye this might be the scene this might be the single most referenced scene in the entire five-year history of Beer with Geeks. <laughs> i think i i think i may have made more references to this scene than you have <laughs> i think you're right i actually Alicia, she threw herself out the window. It's my it's my this favorite is, scene in the movie. Is, this is suicide, and we're just breezing over it because it's 1989, is what I'm talking about. Yeah, man. Yeah, there's a dark hair. You see yeah, it coming through. Yes, he has his high hair. He had some black and green. Is not great in this scene. I wonder if it was early in the shoot. I wonder. I wonder because films are not filmed in sequence of most course, of the time. Of course. I wonder if the, oh the boombox. I wonder. I wonder if. If that's why, I wonder if that was intentional. It must be intentional, right? Nespa? Nespa? Oh, I love the scene. It's so weird, but I love it. I like that Bruce says most of the time. Like, he is, he's self-aware, and he wants people to know so bad that he's leading this double life, but he just can't let people know. He can't tell. Does the Joker know at this point? No, the Joker really never knows, and I think that's the point because the Joker is so full of hubris yeah. that he's not interested in knowing. And I think that's the important part about the Joker. The Joker is so smart that he could know if he wanted to at this point in 1989 and that he doesn't 
that but he's still wrapped up in himself he doesn't care mm. and modern joker does know but doesn't care because that ruins the relationship right. that he has with Batman. right right because it's the joker and batman not bruce wayne and the person joker was before the joker right so he only needs batman he doesn't need bruce wayne he only wants the joker yeah and i that's the dangerous and safe side of the Joker. Okay. That you never need to worry about. You see, here we go. With here we go. You want to get nuts? nuts? Come on. Let's get nuts. Yes. Uh, two yes. iconic lines back to back. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Uh, what? I always ask that of all. Uh, uh, I just like the sound of it. You know, I, I like that in a PG-13 movie, though. It also very cleverly cuts away from Jack Nicholson's or the Joker's like bullet of Bruce Wayne. And he does not question why there's no blood because it's the Joker, I guess, in its own way. Or he's more interested in Vicky Vale because it's Kim Basinger and she's a very lovely human being who cares very muchly about humanity, I guess. It's a great Simpsons episode uh, with Kim Basinger. You know, and all on all such things. Oh, Jack Nicholson, actually, this shot right here, my smile is just too deep. You know, like or he farts on the way out. It's almost Wes Anderson in its delivery before Wes Anderson, of course, but it's framed with Joker's in the middle of the shot in a doorway. And that's that's an incredibly Wes Anderson thing. Also, Bruce, you know, bulletproofing himself with a tin tray. Clever. Not sure if it would actually stop a bullet. But in its own way, very Bruce Wayne. But where does he go? Does he jump out the window? And he just hiding on the side? I'm not really sure. But we're back to Knox and Vicky. Which Knox we haven't seen in actually quite some time. So it's nice to see him again. But for unknown audiences, this is a really good scene. Yeah. This is a really, really good scene because it actually gives us some backstory, which people are kind of like, oh, we know Batman's backstory. There's always somebody that doesn't know. And I'm going to tell a a true story of... uh, I was teaching a class on the Bible once on scripture and I used Batman Begins to teach Sodom and Gomorrah because Rachel Ghoul comes in and he's like the city is full of sin and it needs to be cleansed and blah 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 and this is his thing in Batman Begins it's really well done it's really well done and um, and so this is you know but in that film you get a big backstory about Bruce's family. Oh, the, oh sorry, one side took the vault with Batman's one costume, which he learns to kind of, you know, get more costumes as as time goes on. But anyway, not important. I think I had the Batcave toy with this vault when I was a kid. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. But anyway. Um... So I'm going to more, and I remember one kid, so the Waynes get shot in Batman Begins, and a student in front of me goes, oh, that's why he's Batman. 
because oh, wow. she, because she had no idea. She had absolutely zero idea as to why he's Batman. Wow. Right, and we kind of take for granted comic book fans, those some of you, most of you who are many listening, of us. Right. You you everybody has to start somewhere and I think that's important so no matter how much you complain about Uncle Ben's death or the Wayne's death or any kind of death I guess somebody doesn't know and somebody has to learn somewhere so I'm sorry if you're 45 and you've known for 30 years somebody 30 years younger than you or 40 years younger than you might not know and they have to learn somewhere and chances are they're going to learn from a film and not from a comic book. So shut your face and let people learn because that's how you let fandom grow and continue to get there. And let them enjoy it, too, you know? Yeah. Don't rob them of that joy. Don't rob them of that joy because somebody didn't rob you of that joy. Right. And that's why you're still a fan. Right. Also, what are these guys doing? Shoveling dirt into something? Nothing. Commence La Festiva. Frank, you talk for a while. Yes, sir. Um, this is I uh, just actually uh, as you were as you were telling the story, I saw Billy D, and it got me thinking about Billy D in nineteen eighty versus Billy D in nineteen eighty nine. And then you were talking about how how uh, The Shining was nineteen eighty, and this is now Jack Nicholson in nineteen eighty nine. And Billy D aged a lot better than Jack Nicholson in the nine years. I gotta say, wow, actually. I mean, we met Billy D. Williams. He was on it. He looked great he, in he, real life. Yeah, like actually, he was really on it because you, you. Oh, see, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, my with his glasses in his turtleneck, uh, in his turtleneck and jeans. Now that look today wouldn't wouldn't fly, but at the time that was a contemporary look, and he looked he looks good. Uh, for the time. He looks so good. You know what? And it wouldn't fly because of the type of jeans he's wearing, not even the turtleneck. It's the type of jeans. He's well, wearing. the glasses are a little outdated too, and the hairdo. But but they're but, also in. But the right light wash jeans. You're right. The, uh, the, the light, light wash wa- jeans. Yeah, but the glasses are in right now. But anyway, your Billy D. Williams story. Billy D. We met Billy D. at Rhode Island Comic Con in like 2013, 14, something like that. And um, uh, you we, we we met him. You got your uh Harvey Dent photo signed. I got my uh, uh Lando photo signed. But when we met him. I made a point. One of my favorite things to to do, the, 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 the curls in the glasses, man. That's not in style, you know. The little little around the ear curls. That's not. No, anymore. they're not. But they do make sure that when you look over the side of a boat, your glasses don't fall. That's off. true. That's true. Yeah, uh, you being a Jaws fan, you'd appreciate that. Um, oh man, I love Jaws. So you much. do. Oh, I did. I knew this about you. Uh-huh. Um, no, but but we met Billy D. And wait, hold on. Yes, Sorry. Pause. Sorry. You, you met Billy D. And we met Billy D. But I have to talk about this because it's we been have... on my mind. Nope. And I completely forgot until this go. Monarch Theater scene. Go. Go. And since um, the a, I want to say the 80s, Batman or Bruce Wayne saw the Mark of Zorro. Zorro. Yeah. With his parents. And, you know, before on the night that they were killed. Right. The Mark of Zorro came out in 1940. Batman was released in 1939. Okay. So that doesn't actually match up. Doesn't add up. At all to the original Batman origin. So original Batman origin, 1939, they were just walking home and and the Waynes got killed. The the Batman Mark of Zorro edition was not until 
the eighties, but it doesn't match up with the the thirty nine. Well, it, it, it was added later because Zorro Batman. You can see the connection there. Oh, right? there's yeah. tons of connection. Yes. Grant Morrison yes. connects yes. it really well. If Absolutely. you want to go back and and the, and watch uh, and watch that, I want to say this actor, the the guy who plays Thomas Wayne, was actually in another comic book film, but I can't remember which. I can't. I couldn't tell you. I will look it up while you tell your Billy okay. Williams story, but the, also this guy who plays young Jack Napier. Ever dance with the devil in the He aged really well. can't remember his name. And but I, this guy looks like, a, like he looks like, Jack, he has the look of, of what Jack Nicholson would have looked like, you know, he 30 looks, years oh earlier. Oh my God, he looks just like him. But also the way, like his dimples and his smile match the lines oh, of the Joker perma it's, smile. It's perfect. It's per- it and even the perfect. makeup has this sort of matte look, you know, for for sort of stylistic effect. Yeah. So anyway, continue. My my Billy D story. We met B- Billy D at Rhode Island Comic Con. Uh, we had a great time. But uh, my, uh, w- I-, I love to, and if I meet someone who whose work I admire, I prefer to, you know, I I, I meet Billy D. Williams. Everyone tells him that they love him as Lando. Many people tell him that they love him as Harvey Dent. Me. You and many people, but I wanted to tell him just, just, just so he would get a kick out of it, just so he would feel appreciated. <laughs> I got it. Sorry, I will go for it to you. Go. So in Superman, this is related to you in Superman the movie, nineteen seventy eight. There's a burglar on the side of the building that's suction cupping his Spider Man <gasps> his way up the building. Stop. That is the guy, same actor who played Thomas, Thomas Wayne. Wayne. <gasps> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love everything about that. I love everything about that. That's amazing. All right. Continue with your story. Vicky Vale's in the Batcave. Alfred is a complete dick. It lets you in without Yeah, Alfred permission. should not be allowing that right now. But, but he also knows what's best for Bruce because he's a dad. Yes, anyway. but also not. Uh, but but, but we, we met Billy D and I got to tell him that I loved his uh, his jazz album, Let's Misbehave. Oh, my God. You've listened to that? You've heard that? <laughs> he was in disbelief that I had heard that album, that I even knew it existed, that someone, you know, in their mid-20s at the time could have possibly known it existed. And I was like, yeah, yeah. No, not only did I know it existed, I've listened to the whole album and I enjoyed the hell out of it. So, so you know, I, I wasn't lying. I'll never lie to somebody and pretend that I had uh, um, consumed some piece of media that they've produced. Uh, but I will try to find maybe something less, something a little more obscure they've done oh, and I, compliment them on that so that they don't get a compliment about I, something that they I hear all fo- the time. And I have followed that rule ever since I've got to go to work. Mixed with the Batman suiting up scene, which isn't really suiting oh up because God. it's impossible to suit up until sure. what he's wearing. Sure, 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 sure. Ugh, so good. I followed that rule of thought. You said that you did that with John Schneider. Yes. I told him I love his movie Collier and Company, which he financed himself. And he double handshook you. As he I double recall. handshook me. He gave me a second handshake because he was like, oh, my God. Like, he was so happy. You saw that? Like, I like, remember. People love it when you uh, compliment them on something that they're maybe it's a little more of a personal project that they're more proud of or something a little more obscure like it, they they appreciate it because they've hurt listen they mark hamill knows you love him as a joker he knows you love him as luke skywalker he knows that but if you, you tell, tell him, him you saw him in amadeus on broadway in the 80s he will he will probably double shake your hand I've, i have not you. i have not met mark hamill but uh there are uh, a handful of things that I'll probably tell I you. have a version of that, your Billy D. Williams story. Go for it. I saw the movie Breathe, directed by Andy Serkis, starring... Um, 
Wait, directed by Andy Serkis? Directed by Andy Serkis, starring Andrew Garfield and the woman who plays Queen Elizabeth II on The Crown, whose name I can't remember. Oh, uh, the life of me. Claire Foy. Claire Foy, thank you. I knew it was Claire, but I wanted to say Claire Danes, and I knew it wasn't right. Um, Claire Foy, I met Andy Serkis and Elijah Wood and Sean Astin in the same day. Very overwhelming. Um because they're wonderful people. We'll take a picture with them. I actually was at present at the moment where Sean Astin and Andy Serkis reunited with one another. Oh. Which was very... Because I hadn't seen each other since they filmed the Lord of the Rings. It was very touching. That's awesome. Also, when Batman turns around in that scene, when he the Joker in the helicopter, Beautiful. you can see his belt jump up and down, which is really funny. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I, to- I had seen the movie Breathe with that he had directed and I said oh you know your greatest Gollum and your greatest Caesar and your CG work is amazing but you know Breathe was a wonderful film and he was like oh you saw it and he was so happy yeah man that I had seen his film and I said yeah I saw it in a I saw it in an independent theater in this small little community and it was wonderful experience and he was I think slightly sad that I said because I saw it like sag a little bit when I saw it in this like little indie theater with a small community. He's like, oh, you didn't see it with a lot of people. That's sad. But he was so happy that I saw the film that was important to him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the key to meeting people. See the projects so. that they're see the projects that they're invested in. I think that reminds me of um, you mentioned the day we met John Schneider. That same day, we met Brent Spiner. Oh, my God, that's right. I, same day. I told him that I had a cold, and he was upset with me. Yeah, well, you told him that you knew him from 1776, and he was like, oh, where? what city did you see it in? And there was like a long pause, and you're like, well, I didn't see it. I just, I know the soundtrack. And he was like, oh, okay. I mean, that's cool. That's that's. I mean, that's cool. He was excited that you knew it. And then, and then, similar to when you told Andy Serkis that you saw it in a small theater, he was sort of like, "Well, you know, when you told Brent Spiner, like, I know the soundtrack, but I haven't actually, I didn't, I never actually saw you in the show." Right. He was like, "Oh, that's okay." So, moral of the that's story: cool. tell them that you see something, but don't give away too many details. Yeah, or, or I mean, like, have it be something that you actually saw them in, or heard them in, or you know, like, have it be something you actually had a personal experience with, because they will follow up. They will ask follow-up questions, and you better have the goods to back it up, right? That's right. I mean, I had the goods to back up Andy Serkis's per se, but I didn't have... But it, maybe he didn't love that it was a small theater because he wanted more people to experience sure. it. Because Breathe is, sure. a, is a really good film. Sure. And Brent Spiner, Brent Spiner wanted you to have seen him on the tour of 1776, and he wanted you to have... It was 1776, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Okay. He was John Adams, and, he, and the soundtrack is amazing. But he it was just too young to have seen the tour. Sure. I really wish I did see it, though, because that's the version that I, as good as Math, Matthew Daniels, Matt Daniels, William Daniels, William Daniels, Mr. Feeney, Mr. Feeney, right, is is good in 1776. He's great. I would have loved to have seen. Brett Spiner because that's the one that I, I gravitate towards. Speak uh, again to relate to Batman 89. I said before Pat Hingle played Benjamin Franklin in that. Oh, there you go. It all comes around. It all comes around. It does. So, oh my god. 
winging bat flies through the night. Finds me. Ready. Beautiful. Bob. Mask. Oh man, this movie is so good. This movie is so good, and it's and it's a and it's a pretty movie. Now, like the visuals are so comes good. The part where I relieve you of the little people of your burden of your failed and useless lives. It's so terrible. I like to as my plastic surgeon always said, if you got to go, go with a smile. We saw his plastic surgeon. He did not say that. Joker is a liar. Yep. Well, I mean, he's a bad guy, so it's allowed. No, but I mean, it gives weight to his character and his performance that he's a liar. Agreed. So what else is he lying about? Um, Christopher Nolan shows us that Joker is a liar. Like, really shows us. He gives us different versions of the Joker's origin and everything like that. I ever tell you how I got these scars. Right, exactly. But but Jack Nicholson's Joker is not overtly a liar. You have to you have to look for it. You have to intuit it. Right, which is even worse because he's, that means he's a better liar. Yes, because the audience isn't shown that he's a good liar like that. I like that Alex, that Knox has to like karate chop his his trunk open. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's 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 not earned. It's not easy. It's earned. Keeping a baseball bat in your trunk though, not a terrible idea. It's a good move. I keep a baseball bat near the bed. You never know when you're going to get attacked. Really, everyone should do it. Couldn't hurt, especially where you live. You know that keep dangerous a, neighborhood where you live. Keep a knife in your pocket he lives and, in a, a very and, safe a, and a baseball bat by your bed. I live in a very safe neighborhood, but you never know. My brother was a police officer. Better be prepared. Some things, and I'm a Batman fan. Paranoid just comes with the territory. Better to be prepared. You know. Do you like? Now, you're a Superman fan, so you love the powers Superman flies on sure, his own. Sure, How do you feel about the Batwing? I love it. How could you not love that? This Batwing is particularly good. It's so cool. Way better than the Bat of yeah, the I, Dark Knight. I, I, I got I mean, yes. I mean, like, I love the Dark Knight. I love the Dark Knight Rises. I do. I love the, the Christopher Nolan trilogy. But this Batwing is badass. Look at it's so cool. Look at the amazingness of the miniatures in this film where he like takes a turn and all that stuff. That is this is all a set in miniatures and it's just so well filmed. That's the genius of Tim Burton. This is old school movie magic. I say it a lot, but it's old school movie magic. Like, that, I it's mean, miniatures, it's 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 live action, it's everything put together. It's all happening in camera. In camera makes a huge difference when watching a film. Because, like, look at that. That's all oh. in camera. In oh. camera. In camera. Uh, when I was a kid, I, I mean, when I was a kid, <laughs> laughs, yeah. love buttons. I'll We're push, still kids. I'll push any button. If if I walked into, like, a new reactor, like, don't push that button, I'm going to be like, push. Uh-oh. Homer Simpson. Push. But, like, uh, yeah. but like the, the close-ups, right, are obviously, they must be, like, miniatures, right? The close-ups of the, of the Batwing where you don't see Batman in it. Uh, but... It's, it, they're they're still using star like like original Star Wars type effects where it's a miniature flying against a matte painting or flying against a, a blue screen or whatever, and, but it, but it gives that same sense of realism and it still gives that sense of of uh, just, I don't know what to call it other than movie magic mm, and it's what it is and I will say that we don't talk about this a lot in films and and because a good film won't call attention to it. But the sound effects in this movie... The sound design is great. Are, the sound design is genius. Now, okay. <clears throat> even little things Excuse like me. the... Like, even little things like, let's say, the like the bat um, 
the batwing sounds and everything like that is really like Tony Dawes work is like yeah truly okay out, it's Tony Dawes. truly out so I was I was gonna I, I was going to use a lookup and see if it was uh one of my unlimited lookups and see if it was Ben Burt who did the sound design you would assume that it was oh you great shot great shot coming up right here where uh, the bat, like Batman Batman is self aware. Uh, back down so good yeah so if good. you were wondering if you were still in sync with us if you're watching now you know whether you are or not mm. yeah that, but I, you would you, would you wonder. notice the subtitles on that just went ah a a h w like even the movie is self-aware like ah oh, that was a good shot so good yeah. so good okay yeah so i was i was wondering i was actually about to look up whether or not it was uh ben burt who had done the sound design because when a movie is this good and when it has this sort of ilm level of effects for the time uh it makes me wonder if they did pull in um if they did pull in a ben burt or someone of that caliber but uh but there you go uh you have the answers because you know all the trivia about this movie and you've seen it more times than you probably care to admit i could in frank i've seen this movie so many times that i would even admit how many times i've seen it but i couldn't even you couldn't count it. it's more than you can count uh there's just every shot in this film makes me happy it, it fills me with glee. Even things that should make me mad, like let's say the machine gun Batwing lining up to kill the Joker, and he somehow misses, because that's divine intervention. Because the Joker knows he'll miss. There's something really, tr- like really truly wonderful about that. The shotgun handgun that the Joker has, like the cannon gun that shouldn't work, yeah, but man. it does. Ah, there's something so antiquated and comic book and lovely perfect. about this perfect it's about perfect. this it's perfect about this film in a way that a lot of a lot of movies not even comic book movies can't match up to the same way yep there's a reason this movie that's a the, my god that's a miniature shot right there with the cars and the flames oh no doubt no, no doubt those are hot wheels <laughs> absolutely but there's there's something about this film that hits on the gothic level that you don't get in other gothic films when there's CG involved because you're immediately taken out of the film. But this one is able to wrap you in so inclusively that you're not interested in what's happening elsewhere in the world. It's just this film. Yep. Even if the story, some parts of the story are kind of weak or anything like that, the design and the characters keep you in yes. at all times. And part of that is the brilliance of the acting. Because, like, like every, there's so much charisma pouring off the screen. Whether it's in the sets like that, that um, bird's eye shot of the cathedral or in the actors. It's just so golden age Hollywood in its own way. That shot of the cathedral looking up from a few seconds ago is beautiful, right? And it's obviously a miniature, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you can't because you can't replicate that in a computer in 2019. Mm-mm. You can only do it. You your eye can still tell the difference. It can. I mean, you get close, right? It, it would be a beautiful shot today. But it wouldn't be quite the same. Wouldn't have the same impact. No, it wouldn't. And even like Batman stumbling into the pews and things like that. Like, I just, 
it's almost indescribable. And I don't know, oh, Joker shrinking, shrinking his handgun, handgun. I mean, obviously, it's not like it doesn't work. Sure. But it doesn't matter. It's like a silencer on a gun in a James Bond movie. That's not how guns work. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, what church looks like that? No church. Not, like, not in the United States. Like, this looks like a Gothic Europe. cathedral in Europe, right? Like, it, But like, even then, it's so dark and depressing. Like, sure. It's not even what Europe looks like. It looks like Notre Dame after the fire. Like, it, it, you know what I mean? Like, it Wow, looks... that is that is so true, though. Right? It does look like Notre Dame after the We've fire. We've seen the pictures of what it looked like after the fire, where there was, like, a little bit of light coming through. And this is what that looks like. And also that what, they got up to the bell tower that fast. But anyway, um, uh, it, 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 it's not. You're right. It's not even a real. It doesn't even look like a real place that existed in 1989. But it doesn't matter. <sighs> it's a beautiful Oh, beautiful. And the fact that, like, Gothic in Gotham, I don't know. There's something about the goth. Yeah. No, the, you're absolutely right. In the in traditional sense of, of the word goth. Mm-hmm. Now, you said something You said something that piqued my memory. I say a lot of very uh, iconic things, so you don't have to remind me of what I said. I, so, it was, it's something that piqued my memory. I wasn't sure if it was the exact quote from you, but... You know how babies are certain, like, some babies love smells, and some yes, babies love yes, to yes. look at things, whatever... When I was a kid, and transition, and my nephew is the same way, which made me think of it, and transitioning into an adult, I'm a texture guy. Okay. I like, I love to feel what things feel like tables, walls, whatever. I feel like monk sometimes. You know how monk I need okay. to like, yep. count yep. every column and things like that. I'm not OCD that way, but I needed, like, I love to feel what things feel you like. You love the, yeah, texture. You love I feel. love yeah. feel. I love texture. And it's, it, it's like, if you're not like that, you, you have a hard time describing what that is. But Tim Burton's Batman film, or most Tim Burton films, almost, like, visually let me feel the texture. And that, and, and for, if you're not a texture person, you don't know really know what that feels, to know what that is like for a visual viewer, but I know what things feel like in a Tim Burton film, and that is so important in in a visual medium to to be a part of a world where you, if Batman is walking up a staircase, you know what that wood feels like, you know what that stone feels like, and that's the beauty of movies before the dawn before the dawn of of computers. I know what that feels like, even if it's a miniature. Like that's a miniature right there, it, the yep, bird's eye view upshot, of, yep. of the of the cathedral. But I know what no, that feels like. I totally. That's one of the. That's one of the most like amazing things about movie movies and television. But really, movies can do is that movies only deal in two of the five senses: sight and sound. Right. They, that's mm-hmm. all they can give you: sight and sound. But a good movie will make you feel like you are feeling the touch and smelling the smells and maybe tasting the taste. They're, they they fill in the gaps of the, the, the other three senses that you can't get from a movie. A good movie will do that. And this is one of those movies. This is one of those movies that will give you that feeling of texture, of smell, of, of sights, of sounds, of all those things that a movie can only give you so much technically and realistically this movie fills in those gaps a good movie fills in those gaps 
That's right. And, you know, honestly, if, I mean, doing Academy Rewind, you know, I'm almost, we're on, Palmer and I are on, at the time of release of this episode, we're on hiatus after season four. So we're almost halfway through the best picture noms of all time going through decades and decades of films. Honestly, sight and texture are the things that get nominated more than anything else. That and how well you can yell at somebody and be <laughs> realistic. And how naked you get. And how naked you get, depending on the era. But Batman 89 fills the criteria of, like, what, quote-unquote, a best picture nom. If this was made in, say, like, 1959... Oh, would have blown everyone's mind. Best picture nomination right here, because it makes you feel something. Yeah. It makes you be part of a world that you weren't a part of before, that you never even considered to be part of your life. And that's, I think, in some ways, the genius of Tim Burton that that makes him work so well. I oh. love that little reference to, like, Beauty and the Beast. Well, and Batman 66 with the pow mm. and the gun, or bam, or whatever it said. Uh, that That is such a, like, you know... That, that that is a much more that's a, a Batman sixty six reference that I'm here for, as opposed to the Schumacher days that were that were to come Ugh. later. Yeah, why do they have ice skates in their boots, Frank? If they've never met Mister Freeze before, doesn't matter. Why? Doesn't matter. Don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. Don't do that. Oh, this this fight scene is oh my goodness. Now you are more of the fight choreography critic where i i am not i don't know i wouldn't know good fight choreography if it punched me in the face but what is your read and what is your critique of the fight choreography here old school choreography pre-matrix pre um crouching tiger hidden dragon 2000 99 2000 sure is a more realistic fight choreography than anything that we really watch in films today it's very choreographed and it's the faster the cut around a fight the more choreographed it is because you don't want to show your hand you don't want to show that people really aren't punching each other but if you watch a fight in real life if you google like real fight or something like that in in on youtube you're going to see how unsophisticated a fight really is. Can I interrupt you for a second yeah, to say that she is she is dancing with the devil in the pale moonlight? Anyway, oh, go my on. God, she is dancing with the devil in the pale moonlight. Go on. Uh, and Batman's walking behind her, and she's like, I'm going to give the Joker a blowjob. And mm, yeah, is she, though? But no, she's not, but, because she's so smart, because she's Vicky Vale. She knows what's up. Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. She's, she's, she's making him think that's where this is going, and he's like, oh, okay. 1989, boys think with their things with their parts, with their their stuff, with their equipment. You say beautiful, such beautiful things. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's true. But I she is dancing pur- with the devil in the pale moonlight. Purple. She loves purple. Like he's just like, oh, okay, okay. I'm the insane, but okay. Uh, yes, yes. Punch dancing, him in the face. Punch him in the Hit him face. with the bell. I like that he like. Flicks him on the forehead too after he hits the bell. He's like, just just so you know, flick like a like a bully. It wasn't easy to go for. And don't think that I didn't try. I know you did. 
Oh, they clearly had fun. That's I love what I think I love about this movie more than anything else is that they made each other. Jack made Na- Jack Napier. Jack Napier made Batman, and then Batman made Jack Napier into the Joker, or you know, so he thinks. You know that it's funny because that's actually that's actually something people don't really talk about in this film. That it's always that the Joker killed Batman's parents, and that's where it ends. But also, they made each other. They made each other. That makes them linked in a way that even modern comics don't make them linked. Yes. Because it's always Batman made the Joker. Right. Batman made his own worst enemy. Yeah, look, the Joker carries a pair of glasses with him. Like, just just hit, for safekeeping. You wouldn't hit a guy with glasses, would you? Would you? It's like, I, I you know, that's like, you know, I have a, I have a, um, like a knife in my car just in case if I need to cut my seatbelt. You know, it's like sure. that, you know, that kind of preparedness, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I keep a I keep a Swiss Army knife in my pocket just in case. Just in case you need to open a package, you need to cut your seatbelt. Sure, you need to but, cut out someone's spleen. You yeah, never know. Yeah, yeah. But I no. But really, I love the sort of mirroring of how they made each other, and they made each other. You know, thirty years, twenty years apart, whatever it is. But um, I love that they are each other's origin story. Oh, me too. The the upper body strength of Batman. And- and Vicky Vale in this scene is actually unbelievable that she could just hang on by her fingertips for minutes and minutes and minutes at a time. Like I believe that Bruce could hang on, I right. more than I believe that she could hang on. I have a problem getting out of bed, and I'm, I'm <laughs> in my early thirties. I'm like, sure. oh boy, my sure. back hurts a little bit, and they're hanging on from their fingertips. What cathedral is shaped like that? I don't I know what you. that was. The little the the the, 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 the like airport control tower at the top that of that outcropping cathedral. of yeah, the cathedral. I don't know what that was, but all right, that's not gothic. But you sure. know what? It's time to retire. That's the line I'm waiting for from thirty years from now, where it's actually time to retire, <laughs> and I'm just going to turn to whoever it is. Hopefully, thirty years younger than me doesn't get the reference. You know, it's, it's time, time to, to retire. retire. Feel Sometimes I just kill myself. Oh, that's what I'm waiting for. Now, here's the bad thing about this film. And I'll never I'll rarely say bad things about this film, even wow, though I can yeah. recognize its faults. Tim Burton set a precedence for for killing off comic book villains. Oh, yes, yes, yes. OK, OK, OK. Richard Donner did not kill Lex Luthor. Nobody Lester did, kill- did not kill villains in Superman 2. Well, Although technically he did. They fell into they fell off into the fortress. They're they, probably dead. But they're dead. You know what? But Joker is definitively dead in this yes, film. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. You know, we're talking we're talking nine years after yeah, nine years after Superman 2, nine years after Zod non and were killed. And I think Tim Burton set a precedence for killing comic book villains and it's it's actually hurt the comic book shop shop subgenre. Oh, tell me more. It hurt the comic book sub tell me more. How did it hurt the genre? As as serious as Batman was ta- ba- taken in 1989 and in some ways as campy as it is now but still glorious in the way that it's shot. I think that like like Batman's arms would be ripped out of his sockets if he tried to catch himself and okay. facing her at the same time in this mm. in this shot. It doesn't work. You know, graphic look is great and all that, but you know like realistically like they would never stop like that and sure sure you know they would die that would cause serious injury at best Uh at best yeah 
my point yeah. is that like if you think about comic book films that came after this a lot of them have like killed off their comic book villains yeah and not all of them i mean there are good good exceptions um you know like say like the first spider-man film with toby mcguire green goblin does die because that's what happens in the comics Yes. But then Octopus dies, Venom dies after that. Yep. And then um Daredevil neither of them die actually. Um you know, uh, yep. Bullseye. No, you're right. Bullseye and Kingpin are alive. Hulk the villain. Um, We're talking 2002 yep. uh, Daredevil. Hulk uh, Magneto is alive. Um God, other Batman films. Two Face dies. So, oh, and there's Vladimir uh, Gotham again. Uh, so, so yeah. So you're Penguin saying Penguin dies. <clears throat> yep. Catwoman doesn't die, but he thinks she's dead. Yeah. Um. Meow. Um. My my buddy Bruce. Bane still, speaking dies. of cats, my my buddy Bruce is still staring at us. Bane dies. Uh. Yeah, you're right. So 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 you're saying this. So so you're saying this did a disservice in terms of, not not a disservice, but it it. It shows the. This is one of the few movies where you see the villain, in like, no doubt, no contest. The villain is dead, dead, d e d, dead, d e d, dead. Which is actually a reference to Spawn, another comic book film. Did you know that John yes. Leguizamo played the film, the villain clown? That's where that comes from. D e d, d e d, dead. Was what I reference anyway. He gave us the signal. He gave us a signal. Damn right he, he gave yeah, us the he did. signal. Damn right he did. That's a beautiful shot, right? Oh. The Gotham City Hall in the background. The not, how, oh. not how spotlights work, but doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It, it's so good. Who cares? Her hair looks different in the scene. She has bangs. I don't think she has bangs. The rest I don't of the care. Film, but I don't care. Has anyone ever tried to actually create a real bad signal and shoot it up into the clouds? And what does it look like? Probably, and it mostly looks like the Christopher Nolan film where, you know, Falcone is and begins as, like, he cuts the cloth to make it kind of-ish yep. look like a bat, and then Gordon gets the idea and he puts a real bat on the signal. I thought champagne would be an automatic. Yeah. He's got the bottle of bubbly there on ice. Oh, Just nice, there you go. Nice car, though, but in Alfred this... is like, you know what? I'm not in Britain, but I'm going to drive on the right side. Yeah, right. Just FYI, because I'm British. I'm not a bit surprised. Oh, I like that Batman Returns actually mentions Vicky Vale. Yes. It doesn't ignore her as, like, she couldn't reconcile with him being Batman and Bruce Wayne, so she, like, had to split it off for her sanity. But it it doesn't show her, but it's enough to make the viewer satisfied that their relationship didn't work because she's a sane person. Yeah. And, and Bruce Wayne, in a lot of ways, isn't. Uh, but yeah, I, in but many I, ways, In yes. many ways, but I also love... I love the idea that Bruce Wayne loves being Batman. Look at him looking at that bad signal. Ugh, a very iconic shot. Oh. It's, it's very well done. It's a great way to end the film. A fantastic way. You know, really... You know, co-starring Jerry Hall and Tracy Walter. Interesting way to end the film. Not directed by Tim Burton. Yeah. You know, right. at all, or anything like that. But do you think there's a post-credit sequence? Should we stick around? Do you think? What do you think? You, you think know, I'm almost positive, and by almost positive, I mean a hundred percent positive. There is not a post-credit <laughs> sequence. Do you think there's like a? Oh, I wonder if like a a, a penguin pops up from under the water. <laughs> like if this movie was made today, that's what would happen, right? There would be a post-credit sequence, like a tease, 
of like the penguin being inspired by the Joker and and uh, Danny DeVito coming up under the water. That is exactly that is exactly what happened today. That's what would happen today. And you know, and in some ways, I'm glad this movie wasn't made today. <laughs> I'm glad this movie wasn't made today. As much as I love a good, as much as I love the post credit sequence because it's fun to stick around. This movie is very complete in itself. It is. It, it, it stands alone. It stands it's a standalone. Alone. That's that's one of the things that we don't get today. A standalone. No, you know, true but not true. Honestly, the current DCEU, Wonder Woman, Shazam, You're right. Aquaman. You're right. They stand alone. You're right. They're you know very what? much in the vein of Batman 89. It's like, you don't need to see those other movies. They are of themselves. They may connect to a wider universe. Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin mentions Superman, but you know what? It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No, you're right. You're right. There, there are standalone films. DC is very good at, at making a movie, or Warner Brothers is very good at making a movie that stands alone, and and maybe it has references to the other films in their universe and in their uh, yeah, in their universe. I'll go with that. But 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 you don't typically you don't need to un- unless it's like you know BVS. Justice League, those require prior knowledge, but those are exceptions. Yep. And the rest of the, and this is me complimenting those films for the record. For the record, internet, Frank I am is complimenting, complimenting those films. That's you can a, tell he's drunk. That is a positive. Yeah, I must be drunk because how old? Two cigars and a few and a few bourbons. Yep. Frank is complimenting that'll the do DCU. the trick. But 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 really, like that, they are very they are very good and very conscious of keeping the films separate and just saying like here is a standalone film about this character these characters here's what you need mm-hmm. yep very interesting in the castles right here that in the opening credits jack nicholson is listed first because he's a bigger star yes but in the credits michael keaton is listed first as batman yep which is which is you know, telling because this movie is about Batman, yes. despite people th- saying like, "Oh, the Joker gets more screen time, whatever else." But in and the I, opening, I said that myself. You're right. But, in the opening credits, Jack Nicholson is first, but here in the end credits, Mike Michael uh, Keaton Mike, is first. Michael Keaton is first. Almost Michael said, almost said uh, Michael Douglas, which would have been wrong. Michael Douglas would have been a great Bruce Wayne in Batman. He could have done it. He would have been, especially eighty, like late eighties, Michael Douglas. He could have done it. He would have been a fantastic. What a good Batman he would have been! Not so much for some other heroes. He you know what he would have been? He would have been great, Hal Jordan. <gasps> oh my God! If they had made a, a Green Lantern movie in like 1990, like a follow up to this, would have been fantastic. Ooh, Pinewood Studios. Pinewood Studios you he would have been a great Hal Jordan. Oh. Would have been terrible. Like those were very short credits because it was visually no... terrible. But yes. man, what yes. that would have been? Man, that was a Short Dude, credits. Short credits because 1989, no CG, right? Not like 150. Oh, my God. That was such short credits. Wow. It's over. It is over. It is over. You know what? And Tim Burton went from here to direct Edward Scissorhands, one of his best films. Which we talked about not long ago. Which we, we had not too long ago. And what late 80s to early 90s, what an incredible time it was for Tim Burton. What a time to be alive, which we both were. 
We were both alive. In my case, just barely, but yes. But you know, we were both alive. I was six months old when this movie came out. Five months old, but whatever. The movie's over, so we won't take up too much people's time, but I am so glad that we watched this movie. I'm so glad we did this. I'm so glad we did this. We talked about this a long time ago, and I'm so glad that we finally sat down and did this. 30 years of Batman 89, and you know what? This movie still holds up, man. You know, Frank, and I'm drunk enough that the, the short, short, um, description on your TV of what Batman is about is kind of blurry. Michael Keaton stars as the nocturnal crime fighter. <laughs> nocturnal. Jack Nicholson is the Joker, and Kim Basinger is Vicky Ga- B- Vicky Vale, the beautiful <laughs> photojournalist with a passion for Batman's <laughs> alter ego. That is the worst description of this film that I could possibly have written. I could not. I could not write a worse description of this movie I mean, if I tried. It's actually, truly terrible. Michael Keaton stars as the nocturnal crime fighter. What? This is the worst description what? of this film that I could have hoped for. Thank you, you, Amazon Prime. You know what? But we're out of here. Be with geeks at Facebook, Gmail, and Twitter, and you can rate and review us on iTunes and find us all the places podcasts can be found. ThoughtBubbleAudio.com. Check out other ThoughtBubbleAudio shows. Yes, sir. And Patreon.com slash ThoughtBubbleAudio to support the show. Frank, it was a really wonderful time to talk to you. In Yes, sir. It was a wonderful time to talk to you in real time. Yes. In person. In person. With drinks. With drinks. On our fifth anniversary. So to that, I say Cheers. cheers.